making sure I don't have any last second notes. You did all wrong. Oh, I think it's stupid. I got one of those this morning, but from a different thing. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll tell you about that on air. All right. Like I say, notes for me. Yeah. Like it's more notes. interesting. Do things. Get out more. Go go to France again. <laughs> you need stories, man. We need some grist for the milk. Get your wallet stolen again, would you? That was a, that was during sweeps week. Yeah, it was a bad incident, but uh, good podcasting. <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby, and I gotta say, Dave has a hard out today. Okay. <laughs> Yes. It's got a hard out. I do have. And there's nothing more embarrassing than someone noticing your heart out. Yeah, your heart out on your sleeve. <laughs> sure, that's a nice way of going about it. You took the classy route. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Good for you. Always the high road, and I'll be in Scotland before ye. Uh, Scotland? Well, how about Ireland? It's St. Patrick's Day where we are. That's We're true. recording this. Are you, are you wearing any uh, green? I'm wearing green. I'm wearing a green sweater. Sure. Absolutely accidentally because I forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. And I've got uh, Irish DNA apparently according to one of those things you spit mm. in a tube and it yeah. goes, hey, you're Irish. Why? Well, you're spitting everywhere. That's an Irish thing to do. <laughs> That's because you had green blood. Yeah. Also, I uh, shower in the woods with a knife and I cut Irish spring soap in half, uh, <laughs> halfway through my shower like a true Irishman does. <laughs> that is harsh soap, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. For me. Oh, bad bad on the skin? Yeah, I get very red. Oh, okay. Very red from my restraint. That's not just from showering in the woods? <laughs> yes. It's for, maybe it's a mange or something like that. I don't know. Again, as a, as a kid, I thought like... Beaver fever. If you shower in the woods, yeah. you got to bring a giant knife with you, as they do. Mm-hmm. And also, you're like, uh, where are you keeping the knife? That's the thing. And Yeah, you, were, you just... You, very... Your clothes are on a tree, and you just took out that knife... From where? I don't think he's having a shower. As I remember, he's wearing a giant like no, no. Aaron sweater, isn't he? Like wearing like a no, 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 he's no. There's many. There's many an ad where the Irish Spring guy is showering in the oh, woods. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. Seems very dangerous around your dangly bits. Right. Talking about hard out. There, there was, there was. I think no, this was a different ad. Okay. Was but it the, but it was, this is a little bit of a creepy thing. Okay. But it was um, a person I knew I you used to there. work work with, and he just went, "Oh, I just saw. I didn't know that something worked for me." And then I watched an ad, and then I learned something about myself. And it was an ad. I think it might have been okay for. I think it was Irish Spring, but it might have been for Dove. Okay. And it was uh, two women, and they're in bathing suits, and they're showering, uh, like in a public area. Yeah. Uh, and uh, scrubbing down. Yeah. And uh, it starts with, uh, my sister and I are showering together to prove a point. <laughs> and, he, and he said, like, uh, go on. <laughs> like, like, there's, that's the start of an ad. That's the setup. That's the start sure. of an ad. Like, okay, yeah. I'm with you. And, yeah. 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 This, and this is why Burger King are the best flame broiled <laughs> whoppers. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just that's how you start the ad. Yeah. And he just went, oh, that's a good start for an ad. Just and it wasn't, but it's not creepy because they're in bathing suits. It's kind of still creepy, man. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry about it. Lean into the creep thing. That's fine. <laughs> sure, sure. It's where you where you belong, I guess. Yeah. Go full Radiohead. Everything's fine. <laughs> you're all you're all just fine. Anyway, hey, happy St. Patrick's Day. Thank you. I cannot have a shamrock shake. Right. 
because I'm on my Lent. I don't think I've had, I guess I haven't had one for many years now. I don't think I've had one since I don't I was, know if they're out right now. They are out. Oh, do they? Okay. I was not notified by my, 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 by my McDonald's app. First introduced by what character? I would, so not Grimace. Close. So it was like a cousin of Grimace or something? Keep going. Uh, a little higher. <laughs> okay. Grimace's grandfather? Uncle O'Grimacy. Oh, Uncle O'Grimacy. <laughs> How could I forget? Yeah. How could I forget Uncle O'Grimacy? Did he have an Irish beard? Did he have like the kind of the... Oh, he had, a, the he no had mustache, an accent. Just the, just the chin beard? He had an accent. And he was just like, he was very, oh. very Catholic. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. Catholic. Um, yeah. Like disturbingly Catholic. <laughs> yeah. He was really upset when Grimace tore that picture of the Pope in half. Yeah. Yeah, fight the real power. Fight the real power, yes. And then he looks at it and goes, oh, I thought this was Ronald. And it's like, no, <laughs> you knew it wasn't Ronald. <laughs> the, yes. uh, uh, do, okay, so they had a little, uh, uh, this is your McDonald Land quiz of the no day. No one knew it was full name Grimace O'Connor. No, they didn't. No, no he had to change his name when he went to <laughs> McEllis Island. Um, there, there are little creatures on, uh, on McDonald Land yeah. called the Fry Guys. Fry Guys, yeah. What was their original name? They had an original name. They had an original name before that. They were not called the Fry Guys. They were called uh, another name that actually is a is, is a real monster name. What were they called? Real. That also relates to what they like to do to fries. So goblins, I guess. Yeah, goblins. Yeah. They were okay. goblins because we're gobbling up your fries. <laughs> okay. But then goblins are somewhat demons. Yeah. And so McDonald's went, eh, they're just the Fry Guys. Fry you know what I mean? But but that sounds like it's a yeah. slang, like, mafia term, yeah. right? Like, we know they're really the goblins, but we can't say goblins out loud because they'll get insulted and, like, whack us with their fries. Uh, so we can just call them, yeah, they're fry guys. Mm. Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a fry guy. Oh, it's, it's like Goodfellas? Yeah, Goodfellas. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing Goodfellas. Good. Fryas. Okay, good fries, sure. Good fries. Yeah. Good fries. Doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> no way to make it work. It's fine. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, I apologize. I reached. I reached too far. Yeah. And the uh, far? the other character they used to have, which was uh, Tallow the Cow. And he went, I'm in your French fry oil. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then they said, We got rid of Tallow the Cow. Yeah. And then later on, they went, like, Isn't Tallow the Cow still there? I see him. I'm like, No, no, no. We, uh, yeah, you're right. We're still using Tallow the Cow. Sorry. Because they did. They used beef tallow when they said they weren't using beef tallow. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Telling vegetarians, yep, yeah, no, it's all vegetarian. It's fine. Is mm. it? These are delicious. Mmm, yeah, they are. <laughs> Got any religious problems with that? No, no, is this real or is this yeah, just a made-up story? About no, that's, that's real. They were using beef like, tallow like and the, not telling people. Like the idea that Wendy's uses mealworms for their burgers. Or McDonald's uses mealworms for their burgers. I remember that old story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the... Spokesman said, it's cheaper to use beef. Why would we be using mealworms? Because you want a nice gross story. <laughs> All right, let's see. I just yeah. feel like, because there was that, that episode of that podcast with that person who's writer for The New Yorker. Um, yeah. Owen Wilson. And I saw The French Dispatch. I think that's just an analog for The New Yorker. Uh, and I think that, I think, he would have mentioned that in it, wouldn't he? Because he's talking about the fact that they they dumped the tallow on the under you know a lot of lobbying from right, that, right, right. that wealthy guy who had a heart attack when he was thirty five because he would became a millionaire by the time he was in his thirties and that's not the reason he had a heart attack. The reason he had a heart attack was because of McDonald's French fries. But anyway, um, 
I think it feels like he would have mentioned it. Maybe, maybe it was. In 2001, McDonald's was hit with a class action lawsuit led by a group of Hindu customers who felt they were being duped into unwittingly consuming animal projects, which is uh, products, which yeah. is against their religion. Yeah. Uh, five, five, five. Customers were being told that French fries were cooked in vegetable oil. Uh, the inference being that the fries were no longer cooked in lard. Yeah. Uh, but they were cooked oh, they're in still using beef, lard? beef flavoring. Yeah. They had here them. in North America. Is this lawsuit or was it an elsewhere? Uh, the, it looks like this was here. Huh. Well, here is in the USA. Yeah, yeah. But by uh, Hindu customers in uh, America. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, they. Uh, yeah. Well, no, no offense to um, Hindus and other people like that, but I wish they would go back to beef tallow. Give the option. Mostly though. for the mostly for the uh, pies. <laughs> for the pies were deep fried again. Mm-hmm. Those baked pies are more than dis- more than just a little disappointing. Agreed. Agreed. And what happened to the old-fashioned egg roll, I say? You go to a Chinese restaurant, can you get that kind of uh, egg roll anymore? Oh, the, that deep fried? I think, well, I think... That we... looks like a McDonald's pie. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Old-timey? Yeah. That thing? No. Yeah. No, it's not. Don't get this that is, This is, uh, again, really on par for our podcast. <laughs> hey, remember old food? I remember old food. Hey. How come they don't... That's have... the that's the new podcast we're going to start is uh, Sneaky Dragon. <laughs> hey, remember old food? <laughs> Remember the styrofoam containers McDonald's came in? Mm-hmm. Those were handy for your v- vinegar. <laughs> Did you have vinegar way back then? Oh, yeah. I loved it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I bathed my fries. Okay. Especially in those days when I was literally a bath. That seems like an older not... fella type of thing to do is no to throw way. vinegar in the mix. No, it's Canadian. Canadian, eh? They love it. It does confuse an American. You're you, right. You go to England, they're confused too. It's like, why would you have vinegar with fries? Yeah. And then you go sense. like, here, have a coffee crisp bar and be quiet. <laughs> like, what's this? This is the most delicious chocolate bar I've ever had. I know. I know. Why doesn't it? Why don't you have it here? It's I weird, don't know why. It? It's weird. I mean, hey, look, guys, I know. Listen, England, make it, make it like a tea crisp. I don't care. Try that. And it'll still be generally fine. Won't be as good. No. But it's the it's the coffee thing that people that don't like coffee mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I love a I love a coffee crisp. That, that would be the slogan I would give them. It's the coffee <laughs> thing that people that don't like coffee like. like. Yeah, yeah. I don't even like the smell of coffee. Really? Yeah, I can't stand it. You got a rough life. <laughs> I mean, There's a lot of smell of coffee out there. Holy cow! You live in the wrong country. Yeah. You should move to England. Yeah. I mean, it's not repugnant or anything. It doesn't make me want to retch, but I just this doesn't. There's something I don't smell and go, oh, coffee. Sure, wish I drank coffee because that smell is so good. No, it's blech. I make Lisa's coffee for her sometimes in the morning. My reaction is blech. How do you make that coffee? What do you do? It's very easy because she likes instant coffee. Ah, life. Good life. <laughs> very easy. Cream, milk, sugar. What are we doing? She does uh, milk. Yeah. Okay. So a bit of milk in the bottom with with those, I assume, flavorful crystals of coffee, whatever it is, thing stuff. Dump in some water. You're laughing. I only use that for recipes. We it's do like, have a... Oh, you have these for recipes. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, so like for coffee-flavored icing. Or, or cake or whatever. Yeah, yeah, cake, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm making like hot chocolate or something, you put uh, espresso powder in there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't taste like espresso, but it just brings out the rest of the flavors. Sure. It's kind of like salting tomatoes or putting a little sugar in tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, we do have an espresso machine as well. But you don't like coffee. But I don't like coffee. And Lisa only uses it on special occasions. Okay. Like if she's having coffee in later in the day, 
I'll convince her to... <laughs> I think she has trouble figuring out how to use it. It is a little confusing. And I think once they decided that one button does everything, I think that just was too much for some people. Because <laughs> it's like, so you turn it on with this button. Yeah. And then it heats the water with that button. Yeah, that's right. And then you start it with that button. Yeah. But where in the process do you do these things? Like, like is there a set amount of time? Like when I turn it on, is it heating the water then? Or do I have to press it again to heat yeah. the water? Like there's a lot of questions. I think if it had like three buttons, one was like on and off. And then one was like heat the water. And then one was like start it. That's perfect. This seems like the time that needs a little video screen, a little tiny video screen <laughs> that only plays like the recording of how to do this. <laughs> yes. And then you're fine. Like the, yeah. the one thing that used to throw me off completely when I used to spend a lot of time in hotel rooms when I was touring was like, you're like, oh, I could go for like a cup of tea or something or, uh, you know, coffee just for the need of like waking up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, there's a coffee machine here and there's all this free coffee. You want to try making it? No, this is a trap. This is a trap. It's just going to end up with like boiling water all over the hands and the floor. And it's just going to be a nightmare. It's going to dribble everywhere. And it's just going to be, it's going to be a shit show. Forget yeah. it. It's not worth it. See, but I never even think that. of like taking the tea with me, which mm-hmm. I could do. And then like have it later. Never even think of that. It's just like, that's a trap. That's just all a trap. Yeah. Yeah. If this is a Dungeons and Dragons thing, avoid. But that's a true one <clears> button <throat> thing. Like you press, you turn on the button. Yeah. Which is like a light switch. Like it turns on, like yeah. the light turns on. The water boils, then it begins to percolate down through your grounds and into your mug. Sure. It's all done for you, like you, as long as you've set it up properly. Yeah, it's a system that works, so why do we have a new system now? <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't work. With a little cut, with a little uh, landfill. Same thing with cups. every, yeah, same thing with every, yeah. <laughs> we don't care about that with anything else. Um <laughs> Well, can I get, water a, can I get a side of sauce with my uh, this? Yeah, there it is. It's in a little plastic thing. Oh, great. <laughs> What'd you do with that plastic thing? I don't know. I don't care. Um, yeah. It's, uh, he, it's like uh, when I go for uh, like a, a lunch or something with my sister-in-law and she uh, orders tea. And they bring out the the kit for you to do it yourself. Mm, and there's the yeah, metal yeah, thing. Yeah. And there's a tea bag on the side. And the, but there's no place to put the tea bag when the tea bag's done. <laughs> and you know you got the hot water there, and it spills everywhere. And it's just fuck. It's like no wonder you drink coffee. Here's your cup of coffee. We made it for you. You know, like a restaurant. Yeah. Instead of like you know, throw a couple slices of bread and some ham on your table. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, but, chump. But here's the thing: coffee people would just drink coffee, but tea people are particular. Like tea. Tea, like serious tea drinkers, it's like a fetish. Making okay. tea, like I had a friend, you know, and he fetishized it like to the nth degree. So it's like a, it's like a, a commercial for a soap. It's like a <laughs> yeah, that kind of fetish. Okay. He would boil water, pour it into the kettle, set the timer. Oh yeah. Set the timer for for whatever yeah. three minutes, five minutes. I don't know. Then that was just to heat up the kettle or heat up. Oh the, no, yeah, you got heat up the throw pot. it out. Yep, dump that water. Throw out. it out. Dump that water out. Then boil you while yeah. as you're boiling water while this is happening. So then you throw that out. Yeah. Then then you choose, and he literally had like seven shelves of tea in his right. you know in his living between his living room and his kitchen. No way. Are we talking loose shelf. leaf? Or are we talking bag? These are loose leaf. Yeah, for mer- for merchies, you know. So All there's right. various different kinds. You know, some very. I would have gone to Granville Tea Company, but that's fine. He could be a merchies <laughs> man if he wants. There's some benefits to merchies. Continue. Yeah, I uh, probably didn't even exist in those days. Granville Tea Company. Yeah, been around a while, but okay, good. Continue. Uh, so then, um, 
Yeah, he had like, you know, he had normal ones, but he also had like gunpowder tea and all those kind of like very strong ones. And so then he had his little tea ball. Sure. He'd open that up, put in his loose tea. Yeah. Then close that back up. Then, you know, then you put that into the teapot and set the timer. Set the timer, you guys. For the exact amount of time because you don't want the tannins to go into the tea. Otherwise, it's going to turn bitter. Oh, it was all very carefully done. All very carefully done. Here's uh, here's the aspect that I've seen people do that with coffee, though, as well. They also do the heat it up, toss it out, throw out the throw out the water, uh, yeah. and then start again. But what they what they do then is they uh, put it on a scale and they measure the water mm. by weight. <laughs> Can't do it by volume, by weight. And then you also measure your uh, coffee by weight. Mm. Has to be by. Yeah. By volume, you fool. Sure. It could have compacted. How do you know? No, you're doomed. Okay, and now you pour <laughs> pour that little bit of hot water in. What, did you pour all the hot water in? You fool. You've got to pour a little bit of hot water in and let it bloom. Let it bloom. And then when it's bloomed, then you pour the rest of the hot water in. And then you wait your time and have your coffee. Or, you know, just pour it all in at once, bloop, and don't heat up nothing. <laughs> and see if it tastes one lick of difference. But people like ritual. But yeah, it's a ritual. It's more of the. It's like going to church. It's yeah. like you got to hold the wafer up, show it to this side, show it to this side. Yeah. Look at the wafer. You see the wafer? Where's the wafer? The wafer disappeared. <laughs> oh my gosh, where's the wafer? Look behind your ear. <gasps> That's the wafer. Okay, body of Christ. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> I, I don't church. We have like a big wafer, like a snowball size. Not just, I mean, in terms of like how big it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the little. You get the little ones when you go up there, but right, you get their babies. But what's nice? They, is they have the breeding wafer, and then they have the little babies, and you get fed the babies. As we slowly creep away from from COVID, we're having like real bread again, so that's nice. What do you mean, like bread, like a loaf of bread? Yeah. Oh, yes. someone will make bread, and it just gets torn up, and then we have it. Uh, okay. For communion. So no one has gluten problems. There's gluten options, of course. Yeah. Someone can ask for like a, an English muffin or a pancake. <laughs> I imagine they just get the simple gluten-free wafers. That are okay. Available, yeah. But uh, if you are a bread person like me, and you're very excited to have bread, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> What's well, a very tiny amount of bread, though, right? That's a fair. Is it like it's like, like a chunk that you'd like dip into the spinach dip if there was spinach dip available? Really? That and much I don't bread? see why they shouldn't do that. We should have a spinach dip as an option as well. The holy spinach dip. Okay. Just dip the bread in that before you go for your wine, because that would be pretty good, right? Some bread with some spinach dip and a little bit of wine after that, if the wine didn't taste like it fell on the floor. I know, but to be fair, is there any wine you've tried that you've went, yum, 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 yum? <laughs> no, that's true. So it doesn't matter. That's true. <laughs> oh, speaking of people who are obsessed with things, wine. I mean, it's just, if it feels with people like with tea and coffee that you're trying to be a wine person. But you know, <laughs> you haven't committed. But it's morning, and you're not a weirdo, <laughs> so you got to do this. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's times that I'm like that fussy. Like I try to do all the rituals with a coffee, and that's just forget it. Just bloop, 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 bloop. They're done. <laughs> and same thing with like my eggs. There's things like, well, you don't cook your eggs, you know, from the fridge, do you? I'm like, uh, why? <laughs> because. You have to get them to room temperature first, and that's the way they're best. And it's like, you're probably right, but who cares? It's morning. I don't want to do things. I, I doesn't make any sense. Like, I could see that, like, making Bernays sauce, I can see the point of not having your eggs chill what you're cooking because right. you want it at a certain temperature the whole time you're making it. But the idea of, like, 
you're putting into a pot of water like it's gonna get heated up real fast it's yeah. not like i don't know it there's something about me. T- it tenses the eggs and makes them and there's something to do and like i get it and there's times where i will do cook a real slow scrambled egg like really slow and it's amazing and there's times i'm just like it's morning i don't i don't care <laughs> just make the pan as hot as hot as blazes itself and yeah it's done it's done it's cooked <laughs> good enough good enough yeah let the flavoring do the job let the flavoring do the job it'll be fine it's fine it's fine it's fine moving on yeah there's a, that was this morning this morning had to get up in uh, early times so you know it's like i'm not doing any fancy pants with these eggs <laughs> heck with it <laughs> nope yeah. i say no i don't usually do any cooking in the morning at all toast sometimes or a muffin or something, but no cooking. Okay, so what? Do you, what's your breakfast I leave. again? We've talked about it before. It's yeah. Cereal, good old cereal. Right now, not that. And good. a bowl of cereal with milk. Yep. Okay. And uh, what's your cereal? Well, right now it's a uh, spoon size shredded wheat. Okay, not fork sized. Not fork sized. Imagine if it was though. You're like, huh? It's about the same size. Yeah. I guess I, I could, exactly but you know, I shouldn't. Yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have this. Well, maybe I should. <laughs> maybe I should try eat eat uh, liquid with a solid with a fork. Hmm. Yeah. Probably would work, actually. But anyway, yeah, that's what I have. Right now, because it doesn't have any sugar in it. Right. Because it's just wheat. Although I was looking at puffed wheat at the store the other day. Because mm-hmm. you want to be doing this. <laughs> well, both of them you do that, so it doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, Puff wheat just feels like it sticks to the inside of your mouth completely. Yeah, I was thinking like, it. yeah. That's what I was remembering when I was looking at it. At first, I was kind of like, oh, puff wheat. I remember having this. But then I was thinking, yeah, but when I was a kid, I like put sugar on it. I'm not going to be putting sugar on this. Yeah. This is just going to be going down straight. So it's I going think down I'll, straight. It's going to be going down rough. I found, I found myself drawn back to the spoon. Try chewing like some styrofoam peanuts and see if you like that. <laughs> and if so, that's probably the way to go. I do like that sensation of chewing something that's overly chewy. Like I love having... Um, like, uh, not cheesies, but like Cheetos and stuff like that. I sure. like when they're a, a couple of days stale. Like, I like that feeling of they're, they're almost like plastic. <laughs> so, <laughs> which my daughters don't understand. And do you prefer uh, Hawkins or do you prefer a Cheeto? Oh, Hawkins is the best. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's the best. It's also a... a Chewier. Com- it's also a, comp- a company that I think is very admirable. Because? Because they don't really advertise. They have a built-in audience. So, and then they just work until they've made enough for whatever they think they'll need, and then they stop. Mm. And they don't just keep, they don't try and like make more or anything. They just like, that's fr- good. Uh, a friend, uh, uh, I'll say his name, Brent Butt. There you go. I know him. There. <laughs> what am I bragging? Uh, but like it, the thing that he has before stand up shows, he yep. gets delivered backstage. Uh, Crown Royal. It's the thing, Crown Royal. Okay. Does it come in the purple yeah. packet? Yeah. Okay. And it probably, maybe they undo it for, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but then you get to keep your marbles in the bag, and that's good. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Hawkins Cheesies. Nice. Those are two things. I think there's also. Wow, fruit. together, though. That's a weird. Yeah. So I was saying, like, because <laughs> you just wrote, like, a thriller, and I went, like, oh, you should write a mystery, and it should be, like, uh, uh, like two cops or two detectives called, uh, you know, Royal and, and Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll know what you're talking about, but like, it sounds like a good uh, name yeah. for those two guys. Yeah, yeah. But he just did a thriller called Huge that's coming I out. In a couple I saw months. that. I saw an article about it. Pre-ordered from my local bookstore. 
You've already ordered it. Yes, that's a pre-order. I'm going to wait for the movie. For the movie? Yeah. Oh, very good. You think there'll be movies still? Good for you. <laughs> I don't, Look don't, at Mr. Optimist. I don't see them going away. All right. Because Top Gun saved them all. They saved them all, according to Spielberg. You saved motion pictures. Uh, he said theaters, but... Theaters. Yeah. You saved theaters, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Cruz. Thank you, Mr. Cruz. That's what. That's my Steven Spielberg impression. <laughs> hey, hey, Mr. Cruz. Did you see my motion picture? Yeah. Uh, it was about me, Mr. Cruz. <laughs> what was yours about? It was, it was kind of about him, too. They just do movies about themselves. <laughs> yeah. Both good films. The Fablemans? Yeah. Oh, you liked it? I did. All right, then. You know what? So did the Academy, apparently, because it was nominated <laughs> for Best Picture. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thought uh, everyone did a good job. And I liked, I liked the... Uh, my favorite part was him filming the war movie. That was the best part. Yeah, I would like to see a bit more of that. Me, too. I would have enjoyed that. And I also really liked David Lynch in it, as well. Yeah, that... I watched a, a thing online that was a comparison between Steven Spielberg telling that story of because it really happened mm -hmm. to him, yeah, and uh, and and that in the movie mm. that was interesting. Yeah, I'm sure there were some changes. It's uh, being uh, not too many oh, from good. how he told the story. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Oh. A little little difference in the horizon line mm. situation. And the young the young boy who played his analog in the film is from here. Was oh, that right? Yeah. Nice. Did a really good job in it, I thought. And so is uh, the uh, the uh, older boy who uh, <laughs> is, cheated with mom. <laughs> yes, he's also from here. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, like, you know, when I saw when I saw the movie, I was like, okay, well, this is gonna you're gonna see all the parallels to movies he did, and you'll know who's what and what what. And it's like, okay, well, there's like you know the fight Nazis or whatever in the war yeah. movie. Like, all right, that he's done that stuff, mm -hmm. and that. and it was just like, you know, well, well what was Jaws? And like. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen's just like just swimming around all the time, just <laughs> picking off blonde ladies. Um, I think he did a war movie as his uh, film project at at that university as well. Okay. To, I think he went to UCLA for his film film studies. I wasn't sure like at the end of that movie where he's going to meet a guy who works on Hogan's Heroes. And talking about like, can you get me a job or something? Working on Hogan's Heroes, and I was like, Hogan's Heroes is a weird, is a weird pull of this is a make 'em up. This seems like <laughs> this seems real, yeah, because yeah. it's it's weird. Yeah. Uh, the, the only other thing I could think about it is you know that they make all this stuff up about you know uh, you know your heritage and this that and now uh, you know a prisoner of war camp in World War Two is the is this is the setting for a sitcom? I was like, that's is that a comment on that that that's not the best idea in the world? Uh, but no, it's just re reality. Just you know, did you say he changed his heritage? Did you say no, no? Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's, 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 no, well, they're talking about like you know their heritage and and what have you, mm. and then having uh, well, Hogan's know, Heroes is Hogan's a, Hero, yeah, yeah. It's weird having the funny Nazis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially after you know his war movie and stuff like that, and that's sort of a different version of that. Kind of a mirror. Yeah, that's a good point. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I quite like I quite like that film. I, you know, I think it was didn't think it was the best film of the year or anything. I was really happy that everything everywhere all at once. Mm -hmm. won. I personally I preferred Tar to that film, but I really liked it winning because I feel like maybe that'll be like a kick in the pants to Hollywood to maybe think a little bit outside the box and maybe mm. stop trying to repeat past, you know, formulas and maybe consider putting money into smaller projects that have are more interesting. 
and on a smaller uh, scale too, larger, smaller scale, whatever, uh, it makes me kind of want to just say to Marvel, and we're done with the multiverse now. <laughs> they did. Yeah. There was a movie here about the multiverse yeah. that went in all the craziest directions. Yeah, yeah. Same with DC, I guess, because their next film, The Flash, you know, some multiverse mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we're good. We're good with that. It's fine. That's been covered. Yeah. We're good. What else you got? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go to space? Why don't you do something in space? I mean, you did some time travel. That's fine. Yeah. You know, go to the center of the world. I think, uh, I think they're kind of locked into the multiverse thing for yes. a few more films, aren't they? Oof. Yep, they probably are. It's fine. I mean, it's already mapped out, I assume. They can't just kind of... It is. It, it'd be like steering an, an, an oil rig. Or not an oil rig, an oil... It seems like it's a good tanker. idea, but it's uh, to, to me, it's a bad idea. Uh, because it sounds like it's interesting, but it's almost like it's so interesting mm. that you can't be that interesting, and yeah. so you're going to be disappointed by the movie. Like you could do it with uh, well, No it's Way. Such an effort of imagination is the thing. I think you could do it with No Way Home because you used already established characters, and mm-hmm. so we built up a relationship with all of these characters over yeah. like I don't know 15 hours worth of movies or whatever. And it's still pretty prosaic. It doesn't take you any kind of weird place. It's just still New York. Right. It's but then you have a Doctor Strange one and like, you know, there's all these worlds that are crazy mm-hmm. and bizarre. And we're going to show you a second of each of them for yeah, a couple yeah. of seconds. And then we're in a world where pizza is <laughs> in ball form. Look, whatever you do, it's not going to be enough. Yeah, yeah. Because you're saying there's infinite worlds that can do infinite things. Yeah. And, but there's, and no, there's not infinite budget or infinite time. So but there wasn't <laughs> infinite budget in uh, everything, everywhere, all at once either. No. But they just went... You know what? Some stuff's going to be more grounded. Some stuff's going to be crazy. Yeah. We're going to mix it all up. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point you're going to be a rock with googly eyes. Sure. Fine. We'll we'll do it. And they went as I think as far as you can go with that. You yeah. can't. Uh, what what are you going to do? It's a difference between personal filmmaking and corporate filmmaking. One is kind of stuck in a certain way, a certain outlook, you know, and the other one is just free to do whatever you want and let it let it, let it all hang out, man. Mm-hmm. I'll hang out. But, but yeah, you look at like, like once again, I look at that scene with Doctor Strange smashing through all the different multiverses, mm. and it's like, oh, these all look really interesting, and this looks great in a trailer. Yeah. But you didn't go to any of them. <laughs> it was like being in a bus going past all these beautiful cities. Yeah. And just like, and eh, there's Venice, and there's Paris, yeah. and uh, Honolulu, and you know, uh, are we gonna stop any of them? Nope. We're on our way to. Well, I think it shows the disconnect between the special effects people and the movie makers. Because all that stuff is done outside of their, you know, like those guys are just throwing together stuff. Often those things are done before the movie, before the directors are even hired. All the action stuff is already being made, right? So they're just like told, okay, this is going to be in the film. And you're like, well, Well, this this is a story. But what it needs to, yeah, you're right. Because it's a story. Whatever the special effects are have to serve the story. They can't be their own separate thing that's amazing and yeah. that's the problem <laughs> yeah. and so how how do those other worlds serve this story they don't it's just a flashy scene right you need to see another world where something went in a different choice and like oh and now that changes how you perceive mm-hmm. the characters in this world because you saw oh he did the right thing or he did the wrong thing or they did this yeah. or they did that or you know oh it just it's got to be that if, it can't just be if you have huh, Pretty. Yeah. If you have the time to think about it and plan it, the movie should really be about seven or eight Doctor Stranges all inhabiting different timelines, all working towards a solution for the same problem, all unaware of each other doing it. And so then you just have this overlapping different worlds, different outcomes, different everything, working towards some sort of final whatever it is, whatever that final thing yeah. is, the final big scene. Uh 
But it would be more it, that would be more interesting. But the problem is, is it's that's very time consuming to yeah. create that, and it doesn't seem like those movies are made to such a hard schedule. And to have like someone like well, like someone like Sam Raimi just kind of parachuted in partway into production. Like it's not even he wasn't even there for the beginning of the film. It's not only he wasn't there for the schematics being done. He wasn't even there for part of the production of the film. Yeah, he's just parachuted in. So it's it's such a big ask. Not to make excuses, but I I mean I. Personally, I didn't not enjoy the film. I think I get less hung up on the possibilities in a movie than you do, whereas you get you yeah. get very. Uh, I care, well, I care about what the movie's about. Yeah, and it feels like in that movie. Okay, so in the Spider-Man No Way Home, mm-hmm. what it basically was, you know, at the end, the three Spider-Men are there, and and one of them says, "I always wanted brothers," mm. and it's like, yeah, they're brothers. They're three guys who have been through a lot of the same thing. They're different ages. They're, they're teasing each other. They're encouraging each other. They have the same name. They're brothers. That's right. And there's and that's kind of a bit of the heart of that. It's like you see them all together and that, that works. It's hard, it's, that's touching but also heartbreaking because you know all their stories and all of them are alone. Mm-hmm. But know? they're not right the, now. That's how the movie ends. How so? He's alone. Peter Parker is alone. But he's not really. Because he he's made a choice there, you know, uh, to to let you know his uh, his friends, you know, have to, and it's not going to last. It's <laughs> a bit of that, which is like you know, you, you I got can your only own movie I can only knowledge. go from the end of that movie, but uh, does he seem sad at the end of the movie? Yeah. Why does he seem sad? Because it's a sad ending. It's not a sad ending. You don't think so? No, he made his own choice. I well, he made a choice, but he made a sad choice. He had to leave the prob- the problem behind the person he loved and. The, his friend, his longtime friend, you know, because they're better off without him. And that's kind of the Spider-Man. It's a little bit of that, but I guess to me, like he had just spent the movie talking to the other Spider-Man. And one of the th- one of the talks they all had was about loss. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, the things they'd lost and that made them who they were. Mm-hmm. And he knows he's not alone because there's two other versions of him that are out there yeah like they're not swinging next to him right now <laughs> yeah. but he's not alone he's part of this bigger thing where they're all spider-man they've all done this thing hey, and there's kind yeah. of a justification to sure. what he does matters and also he just saved a bunch of lives as well yeah and probably saved uh, the world and recently saved the universe sure so there's there's a comfort you can, in you still what, can be lonely from that even that possibly yeah there's a little you're bit sitting of in your small apartment the strings, eating a it, tv dinner but it's not the same it's not the same loneliness as uh toby mcguire at the end of the first spider-man movie you know i uh, can't tell her who i really am turn around cry walking off uh you know i'm spider-man i'm lonely like it's different because he he knows he's not alone because there's other spider-man and whatever and he's chosen the path with full knowledge of what it is himself. Yes, there's a tragic aspect to it. I'll give you that. But what <laughs> with the Doctor Strange, with Doctor Strange though, you know, the big question seems to be, you know, off the top, his uh, his ex who is now getting married says to him, "Are you happy?" Mm-hmm. And he can't really answer that. "Am I happy?" Well, the woman I love is getting married, so that's not good. But like we're now going to see a multiverse. Ah, so a multiverse is an opportunity to see different 
paths that could be chosen. Mm -hmm. So is there a multiverse in which you're happy? Well, this one is a zombie, and this one is an evil, and this one is da da da. And it was like you're not going down any of those paths. Like, and at the end, end they asked that again. And it's like, no, you haven't played with this through the whole movie. If you had, and we saw other choices you made, he could know. Well, maybe I'm not happy, but I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not overtly, but I've made my choice to do this, and this is what I'm going to do, and that's okay. Whatever it is. You know, but they don't do that. They set up a thing at the beginning and they don't pay it off at the end. And that to, that's what bothers me in a movie. You know, mm. when you don't address the thing that you have brought up in your own movie. You do a setup and you don't do a punchline. Mm. That, that, uh, that's annoying to me. And also, uh, the Wanda Maximoff thing has, has pissed me off. But because uh, <laughs> we've been through two Dark Phoenix movies. I don't know why we need that one again. Especially when you then bring Professor X into the mix. And, you know, it's like, hey, dude, you've been through this as well, like before. What are you going to do with the super powerful redhead? Oh, she killed you. Again, you dumbass. Ugh. And it's your fault again. Because you you know put it put her up against the wall, Ugh, dumb 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 Professor X. <laughs> well, Reed a, Richards, smartest a, man in the world. Was a fun scene, no though. plan. Was a fun scene. <laughs> was a fun scene where no one did anything that <laughs> is who they are. Yeah. You know why is Reed smart? He's not. He's a big dumb dumb, just coming in on a time travel platform or some stuff. Okay, what were you doing? What's your plan to beat? You know, the most powerful being in the universe. Oh, no, just going to use stretchy arms. Well, good job. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Pretty silly. Pretty silly. But that's all right. Yeah. But what, who am I talking? I'm going to probably go see that Shazam movie at some point. <laughs> Me too. And I know what I'm getting. <laughs> I know what I'm getting. Frustration. That's what I'm going to be getting. Do more. Do more with it. Do more. Ah. Well, I would go the other way. I'd say do less with it. Okay. Do less. Do less. Open it up more. Open it up. Don't be so closed in and everything is all kind of unhappy and dark and rainy feeling. It should be more light and more more sunny and more fun. There is a bit of a drag in that, uh, you know, he he gets his powers from generally Greek and Roman gods. And then Solomon shows up somehow. Uh, what that guy's doing there, we never knew. Um, <laughs> but it sort of sets up a world where, oh, gods are real. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Except, unfortunately, if they connect it with the Wonder Woman uh, kind of world, uh, all gods are dead. I was like, well, that's less interesting. Why would you? First of all, why would you do that with Wonder Woman? That seems like a bad idea. And then, uh, yeah, you t you've taken it away from this as well. So it's like, where are your powers coming from? Well, there's just a wizard who has this power. Yeah, and he gets the powers from the Greek and Roman gods. What, how, how did those guys meet? Did they give him his the powers? Like, are they connected? Has he got like a pathway? Can he talk to them? Like in the old TV show, which was a weird thing, but was interesting. <laughs> and again, why Solomon there? Yeah, why is this Jewish king there with Greek gods? Why is Solomon hanging out with Zeus? Well, he's the Solomon of uh, three thousand years of longing. Who is almost more of a magician than he is like, just a king. Okay. Right? You saw 3,000 Years of Longing? Yeah. Yeah. So Solomon there has kind of played a little bit differently than just as a Jewish king. Sure. So I guess he could kind of go that way with it. I don't know. He just seems like odd man out. 
you know, like the others are different yeah, names oh, for I the agree, same gods. I agree with you. I agree with you. And there are other are there other S's Saturn or something like that you could throw in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Saturn uh, embodies, but because uh, the wisdom of Sol- Solomon and they never there's seem not very to, many wise gods, and they don't they don't often use the wisdom of Solomon. Uh, you know, it's like uh, in, the, in the last movie, he was never really wise. No, because they play him. Well, I was actually watching an interview with Adam Brody, who plays the he Captain appears, Marvel Junior. He appears near the end of the of the last film. Freddie Freeman. Yeah, and he said he says we're more like seventeen year olds, but we kind of play it more like thirteen year olds because you want the wide eyed innocence and those as a as a to kind of. Um, Stand as a as a contrast to the to the villains, you know, who are adult and world weary. Well, it feels like there would be a, a fun conflict to play weird. there, where you've got the teenage impulsiveness, but then you've got this wisdom of Solomon in your head that's mm. also going, "I don't know, Billy. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, Billy. That's not a good idea. Sure. Why don't we just take a little thought here? I'm like, why are you Southern? I don't know. I'm Huckleberry Hound as Solomon. Any. <laughs> I don't even think uh, Goliath was southern sounding on the cartoons, was he? No. <laughs> he threw it in there. I think I'm actually <laughs> thinking of the uh, Simpsons version of it where they had like a Davy and Goliath and I don't know, Davy. That's I, I feel like it was Huckleberry Hound style mm. voice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was in the original one. We just didn't know it. Who was the guy who did uh, Huckleberry Hound's voice? Was it Dawes Butler? Huckleberry Hound? Yeah. Or uh, Don Mezik? No. I don't know if it was Doss Butler, because Doss Butler would have done Babalui, or whatever the equivalent of that character would have been in a... Well, there was no sidekick in Huckleberry Hound. In Huckleberry Hound? Wasn't there the... Oh, no, there was no kid. That was Augie Doggy. Yeah. Doggy Daddy. It was a Jimmy Durante voice for that one. And then Doss Butler was doing the little... Yeah, whoever it was that was doing Huckleberry Hound, when he got brought in, uh, they said... Stan uh, Freeberg. What's that? Was it Stan Freeberg? It wasn't Stan Freeberg. Okay. No. Uh, uh, when when he was brought in, uh, he was uh, told we want to do a southern accent for this. He went like, "Which one? <laughs> I got six of them. What do you want?" I'm like, I don't know. Give us the give us the sampler and let's uh, let's see. He's basically the he's basically the wolf from the Tex Avery cartoons. The the wolf who kind of stands. <laughs> no, no, not that wolf. Not that one. That's no. a. That's the, a lion. He whistles uh, "Year of Jubilo" and uh, and um, spoke in a southern accent. It's like in the Droopy ones, where Droopy's like a sheep farmer, and he's like he's like trying to get the sheep from uh, from Droopy. And yeah, he just has this uh, very Dawes Butler. It was Dawes Butler. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if it was Dawes Butler who played the voice for the uh, Tex Avery cartoons. Then that'd be interesting to know. Could, could very well be. Who knows? I'm yeah. no animation expert. It's a Tennessee Southern drawl. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow, what a... Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. He, Tex Avery created the character known as the Southern Wolf, mm. also later called Dixie Wolf, Okay. for the Tom and Jerry show, uh, for the cartoon uh, The Three Little Pups and Billy Boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's he, right. He's great because he's just... He's just like that, but he's very calm. And no matter what happens, you know, he's just like, I don't appreciate that you just blew me up with some dynamite. <laughs> just kind of like that, you know. And then, then he whistles that little, little like, Year of Jubilo, which is like, uh, well, I can't say all the lyrics to that song because it's not, not no longer very correct. But uh, it's just like, doodly, 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 doodly. Oh, sorry. Doodly, oh, 
He's gone. Basically, it's about master's gone and the yeah. and the, the plantation workers are taking over the, the plantation. Right. That's the year of Jubilo. I'm just thinking like where you were screwing up there. It was uh, that that's like an old cartoon trick. It's just like and like wait a second, that's I'll show you how to do it. Let me play it on this piano. Blam. Yes. You suckered me in. I can't didn't appreciate you blowing me up like that. Oh man, I can't it's not the year of Dick not not Dixie, like not the general E. That's a different song. It's uh Year of Jubilo. When I first heard, I didn't know that for a long time. And then I heard the song Year of Jubilo. And then the wolf was whistling it when I was watching a cartoon. When I was a little older and I uh, was like, oh, I get it. I get it now. He's a he's an enlightened Southern wolf. That's the nice thing about watching uh, cartoons. Uh, as you get older, you get more jokes. <laughs> you do. It all makes some, some good sense. You do. But even as a kid, you could appreciate the humor behind the joke even if you didn't know what a gas you knew it was a joke card yeah. Was. yeah you understood like oh this limits travel like bugs bunny had to hop off that train and come to a skidding painful stop because it's not you know we shouldn't be taking any any unnecessary trips this year well this is this is something that always bothers me when i'm writing a kid's cartoon and uh you know well i don't think kids will get this joke who cares who cares <laughs> they'll know it's a joke yeah Kids don't get everything. That's yeah. the point about being a kid. Mm-hmm. You learn stuff. Yeah. We can't just tell kids the stuff they already know. Yeah. No, kids won't understand it. So what? <laughs> Did you understand cartoons when you were a kid? Did you understand every gag? Yeah. I didn't understand some uh, some Sesame Street stuff. Yeah. There's a thing where like there's two four. kids. Yeah, four. That I, I thought three was as far as this one. Uh, yeah, there was, there's a, a Sesame Street joke, and I forget what it is, but it's like, Something comes up like a letter or a number, yeah. and one of the kids is going, uh, yeah, interesting. And then the other one goes, well-seasoned. And the third one goes, provocative. <laughs> and I forget what it was in regards to. Okay. Uh, but it was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, I get the gist. Sure, yeah. I've got context clues, and I, yeah, I, I yeah, understand yeah. it, but I don't know yeah. what this is in reference to. Sure. Yeah, it's some kind of parody, cliche, critical cliches or something. Who knows? But yeah, just have yeah. fun with it. Yeah, they're uh, hoity-toities. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, it's kind of like reading, like, you know, reading as a kid, even reading it as, as an adult. I don't understand every word that I read, but I understand the context that it's in. And I go, I get it. I get what this word means. I don't have to know the exact dictionary definition. I get I understand what it, what the author is trying to tell me. I'm just moving on. Not going to stop. It was uh, the letter L. Ah. Yeah, it's a uh, Yeah. The, well, that is well seasoned. Yeah, interesting. Well seasoned, provocative. Looking at it, yeah, <laughs> I think this is one of the reasons that. Well, uh, can I just inter- sorry okay. to interrupt, but I was just thinking about the uh, use of the two thousand and one <gasps> monolith in. I guess that was in uh, Electric Company. Remember, oh, they used okay. to do the the da yeah, and then it would shake apart and it would reveal a letter or whatever. Yeah, you didn't know what it was about. Yeah, I didn't know. No, we were kids going, oh, it's a two thousand and one parody. No, later on in life, you'll appreciate the fact that when you watch 2001, you go, oh, is that what they're going for? Or you learn it sooner than that. You might even, like, you just learn things through osmosis. So I've just learned what the joke is now. Okay. Uh, this is a joke from 1971. I'm, in see. 2023, I'm now getting this joke. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so apparently there was a uh, potato chip brand called Granny Goose. Okay. That was launched in uh, 1946, but at the time, uh, in the 1970s, yeah. uh, had a series of ads. And there was an actor, uh, Philip Carey, in them. And he would try the chips and he would go, interesting, well-seasoned, provocative. And he'd be eating the chips. Yeah. So these two kids are looking at the letter L and just going, interesting, well-seasoned, provocative. I see. They're just doing a direct parody sure, of the sure. Granny Goose potato chip ad. <laughs> And that Locally, is the joke. Probably a local company too, kind of like Humpty Dumpty Chips or something like that, where you, you know you just don't get them over here. Could have been. Let's see. I'm going down this rabbit hole. Boy, again, this is very on brand for us. Huh? Granny Goose. Yeah, Granny versus American uh, brand of potato chips and snack foods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. O- older than Mother Goose. Yeah, and it lasted. Oh, it's still no, it's still around. It. I'm sure it's owned by some <laughs> big multinational. Yeah, it looks like it wrapped up in. Uh, oh no, we're Beatrice. No, no, it's still it's still there. Oh, still lo- like so locally owned, still. It's, well, family, not locally owned. Big, big companies. Company? No, no, fuck no. Oh. Big uh, big companies uh, uh, kept buying it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I was. Yeah, there you are. And their mascot was an anthropomorphic uh, cartoon goose, and the Philip that's, Carey character was a tough guy who was kind of a James Bond type spy. Okay, and so he was you know snacking on the chips. And being uh, la di da about them, they were like fancier than they uh, really were. Huh. Nice, yeah. Previous owners were Del Monte and some others. Now it's owned by Beatrice. Could be. Do you remember those? Ads? Oh, absolutely. And you're like creepy. Oh, I remember. Yeah, they're creepy because I remember watching those ads. <laughs> yeah, at the end. It was always like, "We're Beatrice." Yeah. And so are you. What did they just say? <laughs> well, I remember because I used to I used to see them when I would watch David Letterman, and I remember thinking. Is that like wise of a company that's like a big, sprawling, you know, multinational to like advertise that it owns everything in your life? <laughs> like, shouldn't you just be kind of keep that on the down low? So people don't realize they just think, oh, I'm buying Ritz crackers. You know, they're made by Nabisco. They don't not realize that Nabisco is just some small division of a much larger thing. You know, like, why would you want people to know that? Did that warm us up for Disney? Buying everything or like everything's owned by one thing. Yeah. Might as well. I feel comfortable with this whole situation. This is fine. I got a problem. And then they bought it all. I can't understand why Disney doesn't doesn't fall prey to some sort of like antitrust thing or something. Although I think that antitrust only came only ever happened once and that was in the nineteen forties. Oh, is that right? There was briefly like a, a appetite for actually like challenging monopolies. I guess it happened with Reagan and the telephone line, like the AT and T being broken up in Ma Bell and stuff like that. But yeah, like it's pretty rare that government actually like cares about monopolies. But yeah, I mean, Walt Disney's Walt Disney's buying everything up is a or the Disney company is is a reaction to their ineptitude that they couldn't create their own successful franchises, so they just bought other people's franchises. Yeah, that's all that was. It's just a reflexive. Speaking of something that Disney bought, uh, I think like The Simpsons is a similar situation with kids not understanding stuff, but knowing mm-hmm. that a thing is funny, yeah, yeah. and that's fine because of the laugh track. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, <laughs> there's no laugh track. <laughs> uh, but you know, they don't get that this is a Music Man reference. Yeah, you know this big yeah. number. Mm-hmm. How would they get it? What's Planet of the Apes? I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're going to get that. Doesn't matter. It's you know. Everything. It doesn't matter as long as a joke's funny. What the context of it is, it doesn't matter at all. Like, or as long as it's uh, moving, colorful characters with big eyes, <laughs> that's also fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it happens fast enough, there's another joke coming along. If you didn't get that one, you'll get the next one. 
as a kid once upon a time uh, there was like a cbc special on editorial cartoons as in like they would they would animate famous editorial cartoons okay and uh i it was on at like 10 at night and i was like i really want to see this i was telling my parents this and like you won't like it you won't get it and i'm like i don't care and i watched it <laughs> And I, I, I didn't get it, and I didn't care because it was cartoons. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I remember one that was just, like, two, like, millionaires in hats dancing together, like, you know, uh, by, like, a beach. Mm-hmm. I got no idea what the reference was, but they were just singing a song like, we're together forever, having a good time. Like, yeah, I'm good with this. It's a cartoon. <laughs> I'm happy with this. This That's is fine. fine. Yeah, I maybe. mean, I'm not happy watching Fox and the Hound. It's, uh, it's very boring. <laughs> That's too boring even for me, a child. But uh, the rest is fine. I, I even watched Spider-Man, and this is too boring. Uh, I was just thinking about SCTV doing stuff like, um, oh, what was it, um, Midnight Express? Or whatever, okay. like the one where they... Lee Iacocca's uh, Midnight Express? Is that what it was? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Where they combined... No, not Lee Iacocca's. Um, it would have been Don Kirshner's. But I think that I think the, the the joke then was they made it with Lee Iacocca okay. instead. Oh, I see, because so, yeah. they could do an impersonation of him. So. Yeah. He, well, he liked it so much he bought the company. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which wait, that was a that was a slogan for some commercial. And I think they did do something with that. I like this so much. I bought the company. That was a different guy. That was with yeah. um, Phillips Razors or something like that, like the electric razor company. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that guy was just like a was this like a uh, did a hostile takeovers that guy. Mm. Where he just like you know offer you know offer sh- shareholders a certain amount of money above what you know what their shares were were worth, and then they would sell him shares. And once he had like a controlling interest in the company, he he owned the company. Ah. The company. But anyway, um, yeah, just just the fact that like it was parodying uh, Don Kirshner's you know show Midnight Express or whatever the whatever the show okay. it was called Midnight Express Midnight Special Midnight Special yeah. And then, but then they they combined it with the movie, uh, the um, Alan Parker film, you know. So you had like, you know, music, you know, musical acts playing yeah, at a Turkish prison. Yeah, it was prison. called uh, a Midnight Express Special. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that was the, but I didn't know that. I didn't get any of those jokes. I didn't know what they're talking about. I hadn't seen Midnight. They did an Abbott and Costello thing. In yeah, it. yeah, with uh, Tony Rosato and and Joe Flaherty as yeah. Abbott and Costello. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it just. But what you know, as long as it's funny or at least entertaining or moves fast enough, you're fine with it. Yeah, moves fast enough is part of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of it. Sure, sure. It's just the rhythm. Yeah, just like yeah, okay. <laughs> this works. I get it. It goes from thing to thing. You get a parody of you know, you get a parody of Barbara Streisand, and you get a parody of Evan Costello, and he gets probably Richard Harris appeared in it. Who knows? I can't remember all the all the things they did in it, but. It was good. Yeah. Sorry about uh, Tony Rosato. He had it rough near the end. Really did. Yeah. Apparently he did get cured. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. He had that uh, disorder where uh, you think people are imposters mm-hmm. around you. Yeah. It's the, it, it sounds like, you know, oh, this is what is imposter syndrome. No, that's a completely different thing. <laughs> but this sounds like it would have the same name, but it doesn't. Yeah. You think everyone's been replaced by someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. I had that when I was uh, coming out from... Um, anesthetics yeah my mom and dad and my brother came to visit me and uh i thought that they were uh replacements like like android replacements who were sent to question me what i knew for them to question me about i don't know like i but uh yeah my brother said 
So I've never been looked at with such absolute hatred in my life. Because I just did not, oh. I had like no, <laughs> that is the, to me, they're my enemy, right? This is so weird. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, I guess that. I, was having, I was having a lot of weird, like, paranoid dreams when I was coming out under the anesthetic. I've talked about it on the show before, but I, I'll tell it again, which is I had this dream. In this dream, I was like in an old west town. So it was all like the facades of an old west town with a saloon and everything. And then, but behind them all were like vivisection surgeries, like where they were, you know, doing, uh, dissecting humans. But they're alive while they're doing this. Yeah. And so I was strapped to a table in one of these places. And so I started, I started escaping. I was pulling out the tube from my nose and stuff like that. And I woke up when I stumbled out of bed and kicked over a, a uh, there was like a bowl on the floor, I guess, in case I had to go to the bathroom. Uh, and I kicked that. Oh, this is and reality. Made, and yeah, and I'd already started pulling out my nasal ga- gastric yeah. tube. And it was, I could feel it tickling my throat. And I was like, and I became... You know, then I realized, oh, my God, so the nurse is going to come because I could hear people walking towards the room. And I was like, they're going to want to push it back down. But this is pretty close to the time that they took it out last time. So I'll just pull it the rest of the way out and then they won't want to push it back down. So I just pulled it out of my nose before the nurse got there. (laughs) And they didn't push it back down. Okay. Thank goodness. Yeah, it was really weird. And then part of it was the problem was there was a person who was coming out from anesthetic and they were screaming. Yeah, they were like really like screaming. So I, yeah. the screaming noise infiltrated my dreams, and I already had. I think I was reading too much Philip K. Dick at this time, and so I was having this very paranoid, uh, in a very paranoid dream state, or or um, I guess hypnagogic state, really. Yeah. And yeah, really weird. Because I don't remember. I don't really. I do sort of remember them being there, but I don't totally remember my brother and mom and dad coming to visit me because they came just as I was coming out from the. Anesthetic. I got moved from one room to another, and then uh, they came there, and so I was in a different room. And it's just like a lot of stuff probably contributed to my delusions. But uh, how uncomfortable that would be, and how sad, sad making for like because he had a wife and daughter. Yeah, and suddenly they're and you're a functional person otherwise. Yeah, except you've got this thing going on. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you watched a video. Well, because you know there's so much video of himself, right? Like he's mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live and yeah. SCTV. I wonder when watching like a like an old SCTV or Saturday Night Live, if he if he remembered himself as himself, or if that was also uh, an imposter. This mm. was not him, because it's also weird because he's always like in makeup or yeah, he's yeah. a character. Yeah, that would be a strange thing. I wonder if it would uh, expand to that as well. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. If, I don't know if you if yourself. I mean, it's possible it could be that, but if that did, what a what a black hole you've fallen into. Well, it's like, okay, so if you imagine that your wife is not your wife, and then you watch a wedding video Mm -hmm. of you marrying your wife, would you then think, the person marrying my wife is not me? No, no, that was her. That was the real her. Mm. But she is now not. She is now not, yeah. Right. Because you do recognize her as your wife, but you know that it's not. (sighs) There's something about her that's off-putting, because now that they're... Now they're not real. Because it was such a like tragic story with him, uh, I always associated him with Robin Duke because him and Robin Duke uh, both joined SCTV about the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And then they left SCTV at the same time and yeah. went to Saturday Night Live at the same time. Yeah. So I've always connected the two of them together. And I've met Robin Duke a couple of times. Mm. And I'm always like, there's a little bit of just like, oh, there's like this sense of tragedy there. <laughs> it's like, that's not her. Yeah. It's to do so with her. Funny. She's But, but she right. was always like with this. Yeah, it was yeah. always like with Robin Duke and Tony Rosato. Yeah, it's like yeah, I just yeah. put the two of them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but, true. And they must have been 
friendly in some way that they or maybe they just were both offered the the SCTV or they sent a live gig after being on SCTV where they 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 didn't leave of their own will they just kind of got pushed off because uh, um, Catherine O'Hara and John Candy rejoined the cast so they were superfluous to requirements I yeah I always and I always kind of felt for her because she she always felt like she was the other female uh actor in in shows like in sctv is like you got Catherine o'hara and andrea martin woohoo and mm-hmm. then robin duke yeah it's fine there's robin duke <laughs> yeah good for her she's there as well yeah and then saturday night live it's you know it's you know uh, mary gross and uh, julia louis dreyfus and uh, there's also uh, robin duke's over there <laughs> i mean of course the whole cast was like there's eddie murphy and the rest <laughs> here on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. They don't matter. No one else matters except Eddie Murphy. What if I get really muscular? Do I matter then? Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe Joe Piscopo a bit. A little <laughs> tiny bit. And that's it. Yeah. The end. Yeah. It always felt like she she was always around but never got like that big break. But, no. you know, she was in Shit's Creek. That's nice. She's a consummate character actress. She was in uh, Bob and Margaret, our friend show. Mm-hmm. She's a really good character actor. She's really good, yeah. And that's not I've seen her I've seen her in sketches where it's just like, damn. <laughs> and you're like, of course, damn. She's been doing this forever. Tiny. She's really great. And there's a reason you get hired for both SCTV and Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. And Chits Creek. If you watch her in Chits Creek, she doesn't have like a big part in the show, but she is great. Like her every gesture and every look is perfect. So yeah, it's just uh the, just the fact that the character of David, the David character, is driving her into bankruptcy through his profligacy, with and you know, and turning the place into you know, to nothing, into nothing, the blouse barn into whatever it becomes. Uh, this is great because she's just so enthusiastic about her own demise. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is great. Yeah. She's part of a sketch group called uh, Women Fully Clothed okay. with Jane Eastwood and a couple other people that if you saw them, you'd go, ah, mm. them. Yeah, 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 there they are. Yeah. Huh. And uh, we we performed the same kind of sketch show, uh, like, you know, we're all, everyone was nominated for like best sketch group or what have you. Mm. And, uh, and, and so we performed on the same nights they did. And so we were hanging out a little bit. And yeah, I just, I just couldn't like talk to them like normal people. Cause like you're Jane Eastwood and you're Robin Duke. Shut up. Get out of here. You shouldn't be here. Shut up. Get out of here. No, no, no. This yeah. is wrong. This is like having the Beatles hanging around. Get lost. You shouldn't be here. Your heart. Go. This is like a garage band situation with the rest of us. Yeah. Catherine Greenwood, uh, De- Deborah McGrath, who is also the wife of Colin Mockery. Former guest of the show. Okay. And Teresa Pavlin. Pavlin. She related to Doug McGrath. Well. Going down the road. (laughs) There's a a fine question that... uh, uh, Or maybe it's just a common name in that part of the the world. Yeah. Maybe maybe it is. And maybe maybe it is. The Scottish heartland of Canada. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, there was something I wanted to check here. Oh, yeah. Uh, The... um, What's his name? Who's the, who's the guy from uh, Ted Lasso? Jason Sudeikis? Yep, sure. Okay. Well, he's one of them. All right. Well, he is Ted Lasso. He said from Ted Lasso. Okay, well, he also is Ted Lasso. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, uh, all right, so let me look this up. Uh, he was on um, talk show last night and was talking about being a kid and uh, visiting his Uncle George on the set of Cheers. 
And I was oh, like, George Wentz is his uncle? His, it is, right. Yeah, I wanted to look that up. Yes. His uncle is George Went. Wow. Here we go. All right. Because it was just a weird thing that he said, like, off to the side. And was like, what? Is that? I got to look that up. And I didn't look it up. And now I've looked it up. So I'm happy. <laughs> You've satisfied your, your last night's. Yeah. I almost want to buy the FIFA game now because the... Uh, the the team from Ted Lasso is uh, in it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's tempting. What is their name? What's the name of the team again? No, sorry, I knew it until <laughs> I asked the question. Ham is Ham in it? New Ham, 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 Ham. Ugh. I'm gonna tell you. It's all right. You know, Ham, you know, it's okay. No, it's very I'm important. Just curious what they're. It's gonna burn in my uh, oh, oh, head. I'll look it up next for uh, for forever. Later on tonight, uh, fictional English Premier League soccer team, AFC Richmond. AFC Richmond. But the uh, their rivals, I think, by that are uh, uh, you know Anthony Stewart Head's team. I think has Ham Hamson something. I don't know. I know <laughs> nothing except uh, he's a great villain. <laughs> oh, man. oh West Ham United that's what it is West Ham United I knew there was ham involved mm. something wasn't kosher with that side sure sure mm. I was watching a show with um, Ellen I can't remember his name now sorry again this is two guys in their 50s <laughs> remembering names half the show is gonna be uh, who's that guy just sit back you're gonna take some time as they try to remember What's that fucking name? <laughs> Goddamn Clarence? No, it's not Clarence. Anyway, it is Alan something or other. He's on QI uh, yes. quite regularly. Uh, but he did a show called Jonathan Creek. And in the first episode, which I assume it was like a pilot episode, Anthony Head is uh, his magician boss. <laughs> but for the show proper, they hired a different actor because Head got hired to be in Buffy. Okay. So he left uh, left the show, of course, because he's like, should I do a show that I do six episodes a year every three years in England? Or should I do a show where I do 26 or more episodes? If that show works out, they'll be in uh, syndication forever and it I'll is, be on. Yeah, it is nice seeing him on Lasso because uh, he just has such a good villainy part. It's just mm-hmm. so, nom, nom, nom. And also that he's got the same name as he did on uh, Buffy. Rupert. He's Rupert Giles. No, it's the... not Rupert Giles. He's just but, but his uh, name but is Rupert. I didn't realize. I was. I didn't realize his first name was Rupert. Yep. I probably knew that, but I forgot. Yeah. Also, the name of a very friendly bear, but not as friendly as Paddington. One of the second most friendly bears in, in or third, if you count Winnie the Pooh. Do you count Winnie the Pooh? Third most friendly bear. <laughs> Rupert's pretty friendly. Yeah, but he's not Pooh friendly, and he's not Paddington friendly. <laughs> okay. But he's he's okay. All right. Like, you might see him at the pub, sure. and he's having a pint, yeah. and you'd just be like, you know what? I should leave him alone. Yeah. I shouldn't just go up and go, Rupert! And like, mm, <laughs> you know, I'm here with, with, that I'm here with my semi-racist-looking uh, friend, uh, and uh, some other... Uh, we're busy now, but Paddington would be, hello, friend, come sit down. Have a glass of marmalade. Yeah. And uh, they a glass of marmalade. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I shouldn't have this. I just had a glass of honey with poo over there. <laughs> yeah. Poo. Good name. Poo? Yeah. Winnie the Poo. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I like that the Heritage Moment never explained that at all. 
with just like the, the heritage moment for Winnie the Pooh. And if you don't know what a heritage moment is, uh, we have these Canadian short films that t- taught us about our Canadian heritage in like, and that's where standard time came from. And that's how we invented basketball. And that's where Superman came from. And there was one uh, about Winnie the Pooh. And it was, uh, I guess, a father and son? Or was it... Uh, I think it was a soldier. Soldier and son. And a soldier who was stationed in, in right. Winnipeg. And Winnipeg. And there was a, a bear there called Winnie. Uh, or Winnipeg, named after Winnipeg. So it was Winnie, named after Winnipeg. And the boy went, that's what you should call your bear in your story. Winnie. Winnie the Pooh. Why Pooh, son? You know, Winnie the Pooh. I'm like, that's not a fucking explanation, son. <laughs> but I was many questions. Right, fuck! I call him Winnie the Pooh. Don't be an Eeyore about it. What's that mean? You'll see. You'll see. And the boy went out the door and closed it and went. I got him to call him Pooh. That's right. <laughs> and what should all laugh. and what should I call the tiger? Shithead Dingleberry. <laughs> How about Tigger? All right. That's, Sounds nah, all right. Wanna, fair wanna enough. Cut your own throat. Yeah. No, yeah. That's right. I'm just saying, license to print money, but fair enough. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're selling it all to Disney one day. Disney gets it all. Nom, 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 they nom, didn't nom, get nom. It all. nom, nom, nom. They didn't get it all? No, Disney because... doesn't own Winnie the Pooh? No, they don't. Why is Winnie the Pooh walking around Disney World? But... Well, I mean, they own that image of Winnie the Pooh, but okay. they, don't, they don't own Winnie the Pooh. The character is now in public domain. That's right, yeah. If you want to use the the E.H. Shepherd That's designs. True. But if you went up to someone and just went, hey, I'm going to say something. Picture the first thing that comes in your head. Winnie the Pooh. And I'm like, okay, got it. Yes. And they're going to imagine that Winnie the yeah, Pooh. Yeah, of course. And they go, Disney owns that. It's in your head. <laughs> but, I, you know, you I can make your slasher movie about Winnie the Pooh if you want. All right. If that's, if that's your thing. If that's your thing, it'll be the second most shocking movie about a bear uh, this, this year. Okay, knock yourself out. The first one where the woman has sex with a bear. Yeah, called Barely Legal. <laughs> We've talked about it before, but we can't. But there was stop no movie. There was no movie made about it. <laughs> There's a movie now. It's coming out. With, uh, it's directed by um, Sarah Polly. Coming out pretty soon. Is it? Yeah, for women fucking. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Cocaine Bear is mostly just about uh, Bear going out and killing people who are showering in the woods with. Uh, <laughs> I forgot their knives. Oh my gosh. Well, they have props to them for safety. You know, it's unfortunate there there is a coked up bear in the neighborhood, but still thinking about their thinking about their nethers. Yeah, I mean, you're showering in the '80s. That's mm. that's your problem for not realizing there'd be a coked up bear. <laughs> Most common. Yeah. First time I ever did stand-up, went into the comedy club, and in the bathroom there was a cocaine uh, uh, residue on the uh, toilet tank. And I was like, hmm, showbiz. <laughs> and the drag was, it was an amateur night. It was just like, don't do coke. Oh, really? On, don't do coke on an amateur night. That's dumb. It's dumb. Huh. Save save a little for, for, for your successful times and ruining your life then. You don't want to blow it all on amateur night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So there's one or two guys with middling to bad bits doing them really fast. They're doing a lot. They got a lot of confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Way too much. Yeah, got a lot of commitment, a lot of con- confidence. <laughs> and deserved. Yeah. yeah, I remember there was a... Yeah, first time I ever did stand-up, there was a guy who was like really going hard on a woman in the audience. 
And uh, she had long hair. It's like, hey, look at Crystal Gale here. Huh? Hey, it's Crystal Gale. Like that. I don't know if that's an insult. (laughs) Also, that she's got long hair. Yeah. Like, what is that's such an elementary school. Hey, long hair. With your long hair. Hey. This is a show. People pay to get in. They're drinking drinks. You're on a stage. Crystal Gale? All right. Well, I guess maybe he did the coke. That's possible. Then I had to go up and do my horrible act. So, you know, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> I, I murdered them out there. Yeah. Did I have an act? No. <laughs> Dumb, dumb. Just grabbed an album that was nearby and started riffing on it. Got maybe two laughs. And I was like, okay, well, I'm hooked. (laughs) Alan Davies. Alan Davies, thank you. Yeah. Um, Hey, speaking of fully realized worlds. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if we had one? Uh, I watched Strange World the other night. The Pixar film. Oh, okay. All right. Have you seen it? Yes. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I was like, I was kind of like... Bad I'm, trailer. I'm going to watch this. Good film. Yeah, I'm going to watch this because I'm I'm a Pixar junkie and I need to watch every Pixar film. I didn't even know it was a Pixar movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it's all merged together now. Yeah, yeah, it really has because it's nothing to separate them from Disney anymore. Not even, uh, not even distance. But um, I I really liked it. I thought it was very well done. And, and the reason I brought it up is I was just thinking... About I was talking about like, you know, there's, there's that idea, but we're going into a different place, and, it's, and then they get there, and you're kind of like, oh, it's very empty. This other place they've gone to doesn't seem to be very much here. Seems kind of no one had much time or energy to create like anything that's sort of different or new or kind of weird looking about it or anything. It's just huh? But this movie is full of interesting. I don't want to give away too much of the plot because I mm-hmm. think it's really interesting how the yeah, mystery yeah. unfolds during the film. But it's just beautifully designed, and the character designs are like all the kind of alien creatures they encounter are really are really well designed and, and interesting looking, and and that's great. I yeah, really and it's it. actually got you know without saying what the ending is, it's yeah. got an ending. <laughs> it has an ending. You know, it's got a good yeah. Huh? And if you watch the credits right to the very end, yeah, you get you get the Clades theme song, which doesn't play in the film at all. And then uh, there's a little drawing at the very end that uh, shows you something that's interesting. Oh, I'm trying to remember that. Okay, I'll have to look at that again. Because, <laughs> of course, you know, got it on the uh, on the Disney Plus. So yeah, that's where it. I watched it. I really wanted to see it in the theater, but it just came out. It also came out at Christmas time, which is my least, my hardest time to go see movies is around Christmas time. It was just busy with, you know, stuff. And then with Christmas, getting ready for Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And then. Let's throw on top of that, going to see a movie you like. Oh, great. So, yeah, I just couldn't swing it. But uh, I could usually see them after Christmas. But even the, even that this year didn't really work out for me. Oh, well. That's all right. But, um, yeah, I really thought it was good. It was really good. And then I saw Stillwater with Matt Damon. Okay. I am Matt Damon. Um, and Is Mark Ruffalo involved in that? Mark also? Ruffalo was not involved in that. Okay, then. Why would you even suggest such a thing? Mm-hmm. Anytime there's water involved, I think Mark Ruffalo's around. <laughs> yeah, still water. Um, I'm thinking of the Gruffalo. I'm thinking of the uh, kid's character, the Gruffalo. Yeah. Not Mark Ruffalo. My, my he mistake. is not in that either. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is with Matt Damon, who is, plays a um, uh, Oklahoma 
oil rig worker, whatever they're called, they have a name. A roughneck. Anoki from Muskoki. <laughs> Muskoki, uh, a roughneck. Um, and he, uh, his daughter is in prison in France, and she's kind of she's kind of like a parallel to that woman who was accused of killing her roommate in Italy and got arrested and got put in jail, and then they eventually proved that it wasn't her. Amanda something. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? Nope. Okay. okay. That was quite a cause celebre a little while ago. And, and this this one doesn't seem to have as much press press uh, legs to carry it. But um, yeah, so his daughter's played by... Um, I, can't, I just remember her last name, Breslin, the girl uh, from Little Miss Sunshine. Okay, She's yeah. older now. Abigail Breslin. Abigail Breslin. Yeah, she's grown up. Anyway, so she plays she his daughter. Yes, Bad career move. That's weird. That's a weird. classic kid actor mistake. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're really right. Uh and the rest of the, the rest of the cast, I didn't know. They're all like uh, some French people in it that I didn't know. But yeah, it was a really interesting film, basically about um, how we can't fix ourselves, <laughs> but uh, we can accept we can accept ourselves. It's uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting film. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I mean, it was very sad, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh. I, I would like to see that. And sorry, you saw that where? It's on Crave. Okay. So it's it's seeable. All right. It's seeable. Yeah, I want to see it in the theater. It was playing at Cottonwood as well. But once again, some the problem with Cottonwood, for all the pluses, one of the problems is, is one is they're very, they're very uh, unimaginative in how they like program their films. How so? So they'll just put a movie on. It'll be 510 every day of the week. You know, they don't mix them up. They don't have, like, different films at different times so that people who have different schedules can maybe, like, fit that film into their schedule. It's just 510 all week. And then the next week, it's not playing anymore. <laughs> so you <laughs> say, oh, okay, great. Well, why did you play it, like, at the same time every day? Like, a completely impossible time for me to get there. Uh, and then not play it on the weekend or not? So anyway, so I didn't see it there. But uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. So there. So there, everyone. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've seen anything. I've seen nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> no, nope. seen nothing, been nothing, uh, nothing. I, I was looking. I've been trying to write down every film that I watch in um, in a Letterboxd. Which, what, is, what is that? Letterboxd is that app you can put on your phone. Mm-hmm. And then it tracks you and sells all the information to other people. Nice. But while it's doing that, it also <laughs> lets you... It also takes naked pictures of you. <laughs> it also lets you, uh, like, kind of... Um, you can do, like... Basically, you can do, like, a diary, a film diary in there. So you you kind of... You can just watch them and just record that you watch them. Or you could rate them. You can give them stars. Mm-hmm. Or you can do what I do, which is write a little capsule review of every film that I've watched this year. Right. Um, so... Uh, like January, pretty movie full. This month, much less movie full. So it means either I'm busy working or reading more or watching more television. <laughs> so, so you never know what. To, uh, uh, and there's some movies that I watched partway through, but I fell asleep. <laughs> it's, I started watching them too late. And so I don't count those as, as watched yet. That would be an interesting uh, book or um, uh, little video series. It's just like, uh, you know, uh, half, 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 uh, half-assed reviews, <laughs> and it's reviews for movies he fell asleep during. Yeah. So you know, you you do review the movie, and then you go. Now here's what I assume happened. Mm. 
Because uh, I think I fell asleep when they fell in love. So I'm assuming she yeah. murdered him yeah. because he was so annoying. And, you know, I'm assuming Tom Hanks uh, tried swimming with her and drowned. I've got to assume that. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, that's what mermaids do. They lure men to their deaths. Mm. So she found out, he found out at the end that was the whole thing because that's a mermaid thing. That's mm. Splash. Sure. I couldn't do that, but you could run with the idea. You run with it. I might OCD you wouldn't allow me to do that. Splash, of course, having uh, Eugene Levy in it. Yes, it and does. John Candy. But uh, I mentioned Eugene Levy because he's got a travel show now on one of the channels. Oh, really? Like Apple. It's either Apple or Prime. It's one of the two. And it's the reluctant traveler and he goes okay. around the world. and uh, Sometimes he, he sends his eyebrows. Yes. He does. There's a lot of eyebrows in it. And, uh, him and, Car- and, him and Carl, Colin Farrell should do a film together. Called Brow Man? Just kidding. <laughs> it's because their eyebrow acting would be great. Yes. Yeah. And one of them loses one eyebrow. Just like, I oh. need to... Uh, I need a donation, and you're the only one who could do it for me. <laughs> he shaves off his it's eyebrow like, and throws I it I can't do it for you. I wish I could do it for you, but I need both eyebrows. It's like, you don't need both eyebrows. You just need, I need, I need, I need to raise my little girl, and she can't look at me in the face without uh, both eyebrows. You've raised your children. It's like having eyebrows. And then he's got to make a choice. He's got to make that sacrifice. Mm. What if I give you some pubes? They're not good enough. You know I can't wear pube eyebrows. <laughs> Everyone will be, hey, pube face. Yeah. It's happened before. <laughs> browbeating, is that what it's called? Oh, 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 browbeating isn't bad either. <laughs> we used to be friends. <laughs> the brows of Inishirin. Yep. Then, then he went, the next day, like someone's throwing eyebrows at his door. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pretty good. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's reluctant to Eugene Levy uh, doing things like hmm. I've never had reindeer meat before. It has reindeer meat? Ah. It's, like, it's okay. <laughs> Travel man's yeah. much better. Okay. Yeah. And Michael Palin is much much better. And here's why: Michael Palin, Travel Man's better because it's faster. Michael Palin has a second celebrity who's yeah. you know can they can bounce off each other. They can kind of ca- help carry it, but yeah, Michael Palin's is is probably best because he's so personable. Like he's just such a friendly person. That's yeah. basically what the show is. Who does who is Michael Palin going to meet on his journey? Yeah, and he seems genuinely interested. <laughs> he does. He's and stuff like oh okay, people. this looks like a, first of all, this seems like a genuinely sort of dangerous thing to mm-hmm. be doing. Mm-hmm. But you seem charmed by it. But uh, I'm relating to you. But you're also quite funny. I yeah. know that. And so yeah, that works. Yeah. Well, I think it's significant that he's the only Python who worked with other Pythons after Monty Python broke up. Oh, I've got to now think about that. So, uh, okay, so, wait. Yeah, okay, there. Okay, wait, hold it. Terry Jones never worked with, uh, well, Michael Palin, that's right. Okay, I'm going to go, uh, Terry Gilliam never worked with any of the, he oh, Eric Palin. Idle. No, he worked with uh, Eric Idle in Munchausen. Um, oh, that's right. Eric Munchausen. Idle was not very happy about working with him. That's no, true. that's true. <laughs> and when Sarah Polly wrote her book about kind of having a rough time on uh, on that shoot, yeah. uh, Eric Idle went like, yeah, that was, that is, you were not treated well. <laughs> that uh, that's right? my Eric Idle impression. <laughs> I'm Eric Idle, jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, so Eric Idle does break, break them over. They were basically Michael Palin's the only one who worked with everyone else. Like uh, He did... Um, he did do uh, Jabberwocky with Terry Gilliam and Time Bandits with Terry Gilliam. And he did um, 
Fish Called Wanda with John Cleese. And he worked with uh, Terry Jones. Of course, they worked together before Python, but they worked together afterwards on a, some uh, something. Whatever it was. Whatever they did together after. Also, Michael Palin's really good. He's a good actor. He's a really good actor. Yeah. Oh, he's so good in Brazil. <laughs> the friendly guy who's just like oh, terrifying. Oh, that's the other Terry Gilliam one, too. That's right. Not just Time Bad. It's Brazil as well. Wow. Yeah, he worked on a lot. Um, Brazil was a movie that that was an exper- an interesting experience. Brazil, yeah, and that like you don't know what you're getting, you don't know what you're getting when you're going in to see Brazil. You see the trailer and just like that's oh, a guy who's flying. Mm. This looks kind of surreal, and uh, there's a crazy world with like bird people. Maybe let's see uh, what this <laughs> is all about. You've got no expectations that this is like 1984. Yeah. You know, you uh, knew a fuss was being made about it, but you didn't know why. You didn't know why. You didn't know. That you're going to get that dark ending. Mm. You, you're thinking that's oh, a Python film. It's going to be like a wacky hijinks and uh, oh, there's Robert De Niro. That's nice. I wonder. Oh, okay. And yeah, it just got as dark as could be. And mm. then uh, what's her name from Soap? Catherine, uh, Kathleen, uh, Catherine Han. Han. I want to say. Yeah, I think you're. Might be right. With all the weird facial stuff. Like, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> just you got no preparation for that. <laughs> That movie was an experience. That was I'm I don't know what I'm about to see, and at the end of it, I don't know what I saw. I but, first uh, personally think the late the lead character was miscast, but uh, I think it would have done better with a different actor playing the lead role. And I like Jonathan Price, but I don't think he was right for that part. What if it was Michael Palin as the lead? Michael Palin maybe a little too old for that part, but um, I think someone like him would have been better. Someone more with more like a personable, like someone that you liked right away. Like a Sam that you like, whereas Jonathan Price is an actor I think that's not very open. He's a very closed off sort of person. I feel like you know he's very good at playing like kind of villainous characters, which is where he kind of fell into. I just don't. I just don't think he was right for that part, you know. But it's a great film. In fact, when I saw it, I saw, I saw it with a friend at the at the Fraser when it was Fraser was still a movie theater, and we watched it twice in a row. We stayed for the second oh, okay. second part. We stayed in the theater and watched it again. So yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I remember people leaving and just shaking their heads, like, "What was? Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, this friend was. This friend was. Uh, he really liked it. I, I. I'll say I was less, less enamored with it than he was, and I think partly because I just did not like Jonathan Price in the lead role. And maybe I wasn't like, too happy with the way it ended. But it makes sense. Like it's just. Yeah, it is what it is, but... Um, I wasn't used to that kind of ending. I think, yeah, we weren't 70s kids. No. That's not... We were. We, we liked 80s endings. <laughs> Everything's great. Mm-hmm. It's the 80s. Yeah. Everything ends perfectly. Oh, no. How, how are they going to get away from the, that those Lost Boys? Uh, they, oh, they just drive a truck through the wall and everything's fine, then drink a Coke and have a snappy one-liner. The end. Good enough for you? I guess. Sure. <laughs> okay i guess it's a solution yeah yeah no it's uh it was very dark and it's not and of course if you're a monty python fan it wasn't like a monty python film at all there were pythonist elements to it but not but yeah not the fun not the fun parts of python yeah yeah so surreal so so dark but uh yeah there was oh i feel like i why do i feel like i saw it at the ridge feel like uh, i saw it at some big theater mm. and uh it was kind of an artsy theater and 
yeah, we left everyone that was just shaking their heads and like, wow, whoa, <laughs> whoa. He's just like, we all had to want to break up into discussion groups afterwards. Yeah. Oh, you know what? John Cleese worked with Graham Chapman and Yellowbeard. I don't think uh, Michael Palin is in that film. I think Eric Idle is in it as well, but I could be wrong. Mm. But that was one of those movies. I remember going to see that film and you're watching it. It's like, what a mess. What a, what a mess of a movie. I hope everyone had fun making it. <laughs> I'm not enjoying it. But I hope you guys had a good time. Got to go to Mexico or wherever you went. Film in the sun. And... Yeah, there should be a, also a list of movies that should just be called Look Like You Had Fun. Yeah. Casino Royale would be the top. Cannibal Run Two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those films. All those films. Yeah. Smoking the Bandit. All those movies have that feeling of like the cast just had a great time. Everyone except Sally Field had a great time making those movies. Oh, did Sally Field not have a good time? She did not have a good time. Okay. Did not enjoy those movies. I haven't seen any Smoking the Bandit movies. You haven't? No. I think I've never would it never came around. There was never really a time where it was like, hey, I should go out and see one of these. Or No, I never saw it in the theater. But I'm pretty sure I I've never seen Cannonball Run, but I have watched. I Ace have Smoking seen Cannonball Run two. Okay, I, I really hope weird, I got all the new ones. I think that was just one of those situations where I was going uh, downtown uh, most days, mm. and I was like, "Is a movie playing? I'll go see a movie." Yeah, so I'd see yeah. a movie. I went and saw Hooper in the theater. Okay, that's that a, was about Mister Hooper from Sesame Street. Hooper, Hooper, Hooper. all right, Mister Looper. That's Looper. where Looper's a different movie. <laughs> it's uh, with uh, Burt Reynolds playing a stuntman, directed by a stuntman. Okay, but not uh, the movie The Stuntman. It's not The Stuntman, which is a much better film. A much much better film. What is the movie with uh, Burt Reynolds okay. where he has uh, uh, like uh, not credit cards but like cards, okay. and he is I think he's an assassin, and he throws the cards to like cut people's throats oh really yeah it's one where it's like throwing cards and uh, that's his thing okay yeah seems this is in the later yeah yeah this is in the oh that's too bad yeah yeah (laughs) let me look up burt reynolds throwing cards yeah sure after city heat a movie that definitely proved that the 80s weren't being kind to clint eastwood and burt reynolds i really need to see malone Malone. Yeah. What's Malone? Well, uh, I was an extra in it. Oh, okay. And uh, I did a story in um, of my, my comic book, Once Upon a Time. Yeah. That starts with me uh, and this other uh, guy who was my age who, you know, I guess we're, I guess we're early uh, 20s, maybe mm-hmm. like late teens. And uh, there's, a, there's a scene that's actually, it's the, it's the poster. Yeah. And it's a, a house blowing up. And Malone's in front of the house. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're looking across a field at the house, and we're told like they're going to be blowing up the house. I'm like, oh, we should watch this. So we went over to watch the blow up the house. So they blew up the house, and we watched it blow up. Yeah. And then a, it was like a beat before the sound hit us, and it was this wave of sound that was so loud that we were just like knocked back from the wave of sound. Like it was so freaking loud. And we just like covered our ears and then the heat wave hit. <laughs> and it was just this blinding heat wave that yeah. knocked us both on our asses. Yeah. Just got knocked down by a wave of heat. Yeah. Never seen anything like that before. No. Nor again, I hope. Mm. All right. So Burt Reynolds throwing controlled. card. Is it based on the Elmer Leonard? Like Touch or something like that? Is that the one? 
Oh, this is a good question. Okay, sorry. I'm trying to see what the throwing card would be. There's no way I can... Uh, deliverance? No, yeah, yeah. of course not. Remember when he throws the card after Ned Beatty gets uh, violated. He gives the guys his business card. You know what? There's a lot more to the movie than just Ned Beatty <laughs> there getting is a violated. Lot except that's yeah. what we got to go with every time. <laughs> it's true. You know? Didn't really need it, I think. It's a little overwhelming. What's going on, Mr. Luthor? Probably wasn't, uh, probably wasn't great for his career either. Uh, screen uh, uh, Malone was based on Shotgun by William P. Wingate. Oh, I was talking about the, the throwing oh, yeah. card one. Though. I understood. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, now I just want to see when Malone came out. 87. So yeah, 86, I would have been an extra on that. Wow. Yeah. And everyone was swarming Burt Reynolds for autographs. And, and he was like, yeah, wait here. And he went in and got like autographed pictures. He had them all loaded up and ready to go. You know what he was doing. Yeah, that's good. That was nice that he didn't just blow them off. Yeah. I'll give him that. But uh, exploding houses, hotter than you think. I can imagine. Yeah, and louder than you'd expect. So you like that scene in uh, The Other Guys with. Um, Do they try Will to Ferrell? walk away from. Uh, yeah, like they walk away and then the, the shop blows up or whatever. And they're just like, that was so loud. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my ears! Oh, they're just like, like instead of just like walking away, like oh nothing, it's nothing to me, you know. They're just like they're knocked over by it, by the you know by the, the waves, uh, sound waves or whatever, and then by the fourth explosion, and then the then the the noise, and they're it's so hot and just like oh this is too, it's, it's really it's a good scene. It's probably the best scene in the film, besides uh, Will Ferrell's wife, who who um, Mark Wahlberg can't understand, just loves him. You know, like because he's all about appearances, I guess. So he doesn't yeah. understand that someone can love someone else just for who they are. What? It's good. But anyway, it's not a bad movie. No, it's not. No, there's some good bits. And then uh, the educational uh, credits. That's right. Like, That's right. Here's how this financial crisis happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was even before the big short where he kind of. He then, yeah, he leaned it. fully into it and it was like. Okay, listen, we're going to try to explain this again. I'm going to get Margot Ro- Robbie in a bathtub. Was that the... Uh, yeah, yeah, one? yeah. Like, it's the only way you're going to listen. So here it comes. And like afterwards, you're like, do you remember what it was? Nah, I just Not remember really. Margot no, Robbie no, in a bathtub. I don't, even, I don't even get how shorting works. And I watched a whole movie about it. I yeah. still don't understand. I mean, honest to gosh, we really do need uh, uh, Schoolhouse Rocks to come back. <laughs> Here's how it works. They actually did do that. Yeah. On the good fight, they had uh, schoolhouse stocks. <laughs> they had uh, Jonathan Colton uh, would do little animated songs. Okay, uh, there were schoolhouse rock style mm-hmm. about uh, different things in politics. Okay, and explained them pretty well. And it was like, this is a catchy song. Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> this is all right. But we we kind of need that. That's how we learn things. Yes, watching it over and over again. Three six nine twelve fifteen eighteen twenty one twenty four twenty seven thirty. I know the preamble to the Constitution of the United <laughs> States of America. Why? I, I don't. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice and ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, secure the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our prosperity, we do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. And I know that for like, we the people <laughs> in order I do remember it, but I don't remember it that way. Do you Sorry. understand how a bill becomes a law in the States? I somewhat understand it. That's called a veto. It's been a while. I've not watched those things since I was a kid. So, Oh, they're all on Disney Plus? My memory of them is D 
Disney Plus. Deeply ingrained in me, but it's a mere memory. Now. Sit back mere... sometime and just like just play the multiplication <laughs> tables in a row, and you'll just be, oh, I'm charmed. And you're like, well, hey, you know what? Mind. I'm going to turn it off. And you're like, wait a second. Five. I want to see five. Nah, I think I'm good. Wait, wait, wait. Not the number nine. <laughs> Gotta check that one out. Oh, figure eight. That's a really sweet one. It oh, wait, sweet. wait, wait, wait. Little 12 toes. That one's freaking weird. <laughs> but they're 12, 12 based counting systems. Yeah. I guess no different than the Babylonians. Deck L Doe. Deck and L representing new. Listen, this concept is too high minded for us. But we're kids, so we'll watch it anyway because it's a cartoon. Think about Babylonians with their with their counting system based on sixty. It's crazy. Is that right? Yeah. That's why, why was why was it based sixty? I don't know. It's based sixty. That's why that's why they're, why they're sixty minutes in an hour. That's from Babylonian. Uh, huh. Their their invention. Okay. Yeah. Good for you, Babylonians. Twenty four hours in the day, sixty base sixty. All right. <laughs> I know it's weird. You know, never forget the Babylonians. <laughs> yep, don't. Uh, because you got a hard out uh, later on, why don't, we, why don't we go to the world of music? Sure, but actually, I just wanted to say one thing before we get to Oh, that. Dave. Okay, go this ahead. This is something I was thinking about when I was driving in. And it's, please. I just want to talk about it. But keep your mind on the road when you're driving, please. Uh, yeah, I do. But I still think. I was just thinking about a little while ago, we had some moving people at our house. You know why. And they were emotionally moving. They were emotionally moving, yeah. And they worked for a company that my brother worked for. And so I mentioned to them, I said, oh, my brother worked for your company. And they're like, oh, what's your brother's name? And so I told them. And then they're like, one guy was like, too, he was quite new. And he goes, oh, I'm pretty new here, but I'll, I'll let uh, some of the other guys know. And so then later on that day, like I came home and they were working and they're like, hey, you're, you're Dave's brother's name's brother? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, I used to work with him, blah, blah, blah. And we're talking about that. He goes, hey, if you see him, say so-and-so said hi. I'm like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll let him know. And so then a couple weeks later, I was at my mom and dad's, and I saw my brother there, and uh, I said, oh, uh, guess what? I was, people came, who moved their stuff out of the house were, were with, you know, the company you used to work for. Um, and I met one of the guys, and he was really excited to hear <laughs> that you're, you know, still around and whatnot, and he said, say hi. And, uh, and my brother went, oh, that guy, yeah, he had really terrible breath. That was his response. I like somebody, I, that wasn't exactly, but this is yeah. the equivalent of that. Like, oh, that guy, he couldn't drive, or something like that, right? Like, and I was like, uh, I was like, man, if I hadn't worked, <laughs> if I hadn't worked at a place for ten years, and someone I knew met someone, and they're like, hey, pass on some friendly greetings or whatever, I would be like, I would be very pleased to hear that. Mm. I wouldn't. Say, oh, that guy had bad breath, or yeah. oh, that guy, he couldn't, think, you know, couldn't think, handle his spice. He could handle his. He couldn't think his way out of a paper bag, like you know, like yeah. You go, oh, that's nice. Not, oh, insult person that I haven't seen for uh, a decade. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. It's not that you're wired wrong. <laughs> Basically, does this seem odd to me? Right? Like, wouldn't you be happy if I, if I said, oh, I saw so and so. And they said, say hi? Sure. I'd, I At least I'd fake it. And I'd go like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hope they're doing well. I would personally be pleased. But even if you just want to fake it, yeah, yeah I don't and, care. And you also said like, yeah, they were in a dynamite explosion. <laughs> they find pieces of them everywhere. Oh, no. That's too bad. Oh, your reaction is very similar to, uh, they said hi. <laughs> are, are you a sociopath? I don't know. 
I take a test, but I don't care. Oh, wait. That's a sign. <laughs> that's a sign. Uh, that's a sign. Um, but I wouldn't do a, an insult. Unless it was a funny thing that somehow. See, that's not funny enough. To well, it's not like, even that it's funny. It's like, I mean, if you said it, I mean, if I was in on the joke, I guess it would be appropriate to make a, a joke. As in, like, if you say, like, oh, yeah, one time he was stacking this and didn't realize this. And so this happened, which did this. I'm like, oh, there's a amusing story that's yeah, connected yeah. with this. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. But just like, he has bad breath. Oh, <laughs> I wish I told him. <laughs> yeah, I should have. Yeah. Chew some gum. You want to say, like, oh, why were you kissing him? <laughs> Well, I guess they worked in close proximity. So. Uh, but uh, that's not what he said. I, he said some other kind of insulting thing about it. I just thought, wow, like, why did I even bother delivering this message to you? Like, because that's gratitude. you. And that's him. That's great. And that's how that goes. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Why am, I, why am I chasing this roadrunner? Because you're the coyote. That's why. This is so weird. I was more excited about the greeting than he was. It's sure. Just, uh, odd. But I guess that's, yeah, you're right. He's him. And I mean, there's a reason he's in a very unhappy place and has, always has been and I'm in a happy place. I mean, when you have someone who says those kind of things about other people, just think about the things they're saying to themselves <laughs> in their own head. Like, because you're always going to get the worst of it mm-hmm. from yourself. Mm. So, yeah, mm. I feel I feel uh, bad. I feel bad <laughs> about that. Hope things change. Well, one day. Maybe get hit by lightning. Yes. That's just change. It could. You never know. You never know. It could get not something fall on his head. Fall on your head. I fell on my head, and you know it messes you up and change shakes up your beans. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> things will uh, change. So just tell him. You know, go walk on some ice, or t- take a long walk off a short dock. Sure. Um. Hey, speaking of music, we have some songs. All right then. <laughs> what, now this uh, I always kind of explain this yeah, situation because if we start playing songs people will be like what, what, what what's going on uh, no they won't they'll be just <laughs> it's, it's songs it makes sense yeah uh, Dave used to uh, co-host a show called the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party where he'd pick a theme and he'd play some songs and then him and his daughter Mary uh, would uh, have a little uh, chin wag about that and uh, we all kind of missed that show a little bit so we do a little taste of that Every two weeks on the show, Dave picks a theme and we yap about some songs. So uh, sit back, relax, or you know what? Crank it up and dance. You know, knock yourself out. What's the theme this week? Uh, the theme this week is kind of odd. Some people might, might have been expecting us to move on to changes too, but that's down the road a ways. So you decided to change that? I decided to change it up. Changes Change it up. the changes. Uh, this Who is, changes the changes? One thing I really like are songs that are the full name of a of a person. I guess like the okay. idea of like a song that's like, you know, well, there's a famous one by the Kinks called David Watts. Would be an example of that. You know, I wish I could be like David Watts. Ba, 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 ba. Anyway, so um, I decided it'd be sort of fun to put together a little playlist of songs of full names, and. That was my theme. I'm just trying to get to my notes here. I mean, I can remember the first one off the top of my head, but still trying to open it. I don't know why I'm pussyfooting around. Let's just, just let's play a song. This is uh, this is the Epics, and this is from their. It's not even from anything. This is from a single. This band. This is a. This is they never made it band, and the reason that they you can tell they never made it is they had four different names for their group. But let's give a listen now. This is the Epics with a song called Henry Long. So it's about a person 
an imaginary person. This is not a real, oh, by the way, this is not real people. That's a whole different top five <laughs> real. We've done a, three of those. I'm working on a fourth. <laughs> That's real, real people names. This is, uh, this is top five complete names, but not necessarily famous names. So this is Henry Long by the Epics. This is from 1968. So you know what you're in for. Here we go. build uh, as, uh, as i wrote down somewhat haunting and uh kinks ish yeah that's yeah. a good that's a good way to describe it yeah kinks ish i didn't think about that but you're right yeah it does have a real uh kinks ish bit going for it i meant to look at the lyrics for it but i didn't because you don't care about lyrics it's yeah i'm not all of that you're on the record saying you don't care about <laughs> lyrics i don't really they're not really like the most important part no, of the song to the me. important part is the blue beam that hits you in the middle of the head that's true um and this song did have a blue beam that struck me in the middle. Yeah, I was telling your uh, brother, brother the other day, hey, I ran into uh, Dave. He came by my house and he went, yeah, Dave's always got that blue beam in his head. <laughs> like, okay, whatever, man. <laughs> He'd probably say something worse about me. Yeah. Um, Makes cats jump for his face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do it for. 
Yeah, this group it's it's sort of interesting because they're like they're like kind of like the they're a never made it group, but they're a group that was like right there. You know, they started off as as like a skiffle group in the early '60s, and then they like like so many groups moved out of that sound into being like a blues group. Sure. And then as the '60s moved on, they kind of started part of the the freak beat scene or whatever. <laughs> and then and then now we're at the, the late '60s. And the, this is the B-side to the single. The A-side is called Traveling Circus, which makes me think that it's going to be like a Toy Town site kind of song. And so it feels like they're just kind of riding all the waves, but maybe just a little bit behind the waves. So the big wave is washed up on shore, and then they come tooting along on this sort of like little aftershock sort of wave that just kind of falls and falls flat on the shore. And there they were. Yeah. Um, the drummer, though, went on to play uh, with T-Rex. Mm, nice. All right, let's move on. Let's get more a little bit more modern, not necessarily modern, because this is from 1998, but it is it is uh, 30 years later than 1968. So this is um, this is Frank Black and the Catholics from his album Pistolero. Pistolero. This is uh, Billy Radcliffe. Let's give a listen, everybody. Billy Radcliffe didn't go to town. And when we looked up, he was looking right down, catching blue in his eyes that were brown. Billy Radcliffe, Billy Radcliffe, Billy Radcliffe, owned by the state, from his first breath to the cemetery gate. He was the first boy born in space. Billy Radcliffe. Stand, I'm saying I like the beat. I did like the beat. <laughs> yeah, and I also really enjoyed the guitar. Riffs yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, um, yeah. Of course, Frank Black was Black Francis in uh, the Pixies, 
which I do love that his real name was Frank Black and then he changed it to Black Francis, which is <laughs> so smart. Like, you I mean Dedrick Davidson. It's not as, not great, but his is great. Like Black Francis is so fantastic. But um, I, I'd listen to an album by Dedrick Davidson. Okay. Yeah. Um, but would you listen to a... Oh, I forget. I was going to show you my shirt, which is uh, one that Nina designed. Oh, I've got that shirt too. <laughs> the Bobson Dugnut Bobson shirt. Bobson Dugnut, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, would you watch it? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I would listen to an album by Bobs and Doug Nutt. Yes, I would. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I, I like the Pixies. I think they're, they're great. But uh, I actually prefer his solo albums. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me perverse or whatever. But I really... I thought they were good. Like, I, I, it's too, like unfortunately, he wasn't the Pixies. Meaning, he didn't have the name the Pixies. And even if you are like the talented songwriter in the group, once you give up your brand, yeah. you are going to not be as successful because you, you're no longer working under your brand name. And then music journalists, who are the, probably the most conservative people in the world, are not going to like that you're now playing solo or with a different group. They're going to be like, I wish he was still with the Pixies, still making the exact same music he was making 10 years ago. And then you're like, but I've moved on. And they're going to say, we're not going to let you. And uh, so you're never going to be... You're never going to get support or the, the the notoriety or anything else that you had yeah. originally, but it's a good great song and I already uh, that's a great, it's a good album too. All right, uh, speaking of people not making it, <laughs> this is Richard Davies. Um, he's an Australian songwriter, singer songwriter, who moved to the United States and was in a group called the Moles. Not the '60s moles. This is the this is the different. This is the '90s moles. Okay. And then he uh, formed a really great band with uh, a guy named um, Eric Matthews called Cardinal, and they did an album together. Then had a falling out, and Eric Matthews kind of went on to semi-success with doing this kind of really uh, elaborate kind of or- kind of chamber pop, which is what Cardinal was as well. And then Davies kind of went his own way, and he did solo albums. But he never really kind of broke through. He's a lawyer now, which is kind of weird to me. Oh. Like when a song, like a singer or you know, musician becomes a, a lawyer. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Kind of like the singer, guitar player, songwriter for the au pairs. She became a lawyer. Yeah. You just kind of, I got, I got a good friend who's like a, an opera and jazz singer, and she's become a lawyer. She's not famous, but she's, yeah. uh, she was, she was, you know, liked, and her work was very liked, and she made a living at it. Mm. And then went, to, uh, I want to go into family law. Yeah. And she studied, and uh, in her forties became a lawyer. So good on her. Yeah, the lady, uh, the lady who's in the appears, whose name escapes me now. She, um, if I thought about it for a while, I would remember. But she is an immigration lawyer, so it feels like she wanted to help people. You know, I think he became a trial lawyer in the states, which is a different beast altogether. Anyway, let's play the song by, by Richard Davies. This is, uh, this is Chips Rafferty, which I think is a, a great name. I wish I was named Chips Rafferty. <laughs> Chips Dedrick is not the same. But uh, this is from 1996, from his uh, first solo album, There's Never Been a Crowd Like This. Here we go. green trees like Chips Rafferty (laughs) 
Mr. Lloyd, the minister's counsellor at large, takes a seat at the bar. And as the ring slipped through his fingers, come look and see. You see, his films include living in the green trees like Chips Rafferty. like uh sometimes uh when when i was working on a sketch uh show uh we'd have to find sound like music okay or like you know it's it's this takes place in the 60s so this is generic 60s music yeah and that's what that sounded like to me was like very 60s music like it would be kind of thing we'd put that on and then like push the camera in and out <laughs> and it's like that's the 60s all right for you that's what it huh, felt like interesting to me. yeah uh, interesting yeah no, it's good. It uh, nice start with this the acoustic guitar and then kind of growing, and then going back to the beginning, like back to that sound again. It's pretty good. Agreed. It's pretty good. It's it's um. I'll talk talk about it a little bit when we get to the final song. I'll talk a little bit about name songs, but um. Yeah, it's it's he's very good. Okay. Uh, let's. This is probably one you know. Our fourth song is Shelley Plimpton, who played. I think her name's was it Sissy? She played Sissy in Hair. I can't remember her character's name. I don't remember her character's name, but I do know her for sure. Yeah, and I love this song. But let's give it a listen. This is uh, Frank Mills mm-hmm. from the musical Hair. Uh, this is from the original cast album from 1967. 
Uh, this is Frank Mills. Let's give it a listen. I met a boy called Frank Mills on September 12th, right here in front of the Waverly. But unfortunately, I lost his address. He was last seen with his friend, a drummer he on a mixtape uh, that someone who I had a very complicated relationship with gave me. Mm. It was the first time I heard the song and uh, I loved it and mm-hmm. I've love, love, loved it since. It's such yeah. a sweet, odd, sincere little song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever watched uh, Hair all the way through the musical. Uh, I've watched the movie. That's what I mean. I, yeah. ha- I have not uh, the play, watched it The play all. is longer. The movie cuts out some songs. Okay. And also the nudity, I think, of the is there no nudity in the music in the in the movie here? I think it's kind of well, it's a bit more subtle, I guess, because they needed to keep the keep a rating that could be allowed okay. to be shown. But I don't think there's any full frontal. It's been a while since I watched it. Okay. Watched it a long time ago. And sorry for bringing this up for certain listeners who had to see their brothers in uh, in, the, in in this musical. <laughs> you know who you are. I'm sorry, you have to listen to this part. <laughs> it is, uh, but the uh, but the song, yeah, yeah the song is uh, is is great. And I saw her perform, like I saw a video of her performing it, you know, uh, live on stage, and she just she sang it while sitting down. Okay, and it was just oh, and it just melted me. It is so good. <laughs> it's a great song for the things I like about it a lot. When I love her voice, she's very a very naive singer, which I like. So, what I mean by naive is she's not. It's not an affected voice, you know. Yeah. She's not doing a lot of melisma or vibrato and stuff like that. It's very, very straightforward. It's not what you consider singing. a Broadway voice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's not Ethel Merming, it. or nowadays people don't really sing that. That <laughs> Sorry, Broadway now voice. I'm just picturing Ethel Merman singing. <laughs> I met a boy named Frank Mills. Yeah. Rah! 
long, beautiful hair. <laughs> that's more suitable to and her. And flaxen, waxen, flowing <laughs> down to their hair. Yeah, that's yeah. more suiting to her voice. Yeah, though. I still don't think that would be a good call to cast <laughs> Ethel Merman in hair. Um, now, Godspell, yes. Anyway. I, I also love lyrics that aren't that don't rhyme, but are but are rhythm. Mm. So they don't have any rhyme to them, but she's so she's singing like an actual paragraph, not singing, not singing. There are like rhymes a, in it. Are there? Yeah. yeah. Little... Uh, in front of the Waverly, but unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. 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 But it doesn't it doesn't scan the way a song does. You know what I mean? Like it's there's kind of run on like lines and stuff like that that kind of go on into each other and it's very interesting how it's how it's put together yeah it probably does rhyme but in a not in a not in like a normal way i don't yeah. think it's very it's, it has this kind of interesting sound to it um yeah it's very good and then also the music's good too because it's it's a little bit country rockish you know which was all the becoming all the rage at that time the, the show started oh yeah it's got a de- yeah definitely country mm-hmm. twang to mm-hmm. it for sure yeah, you could you could you could say it's a country song. You yeah. could you'd sell it as a country song pretty easy. And now, so I watched her when I was younger, but I had totally forgotten about this song. And actually, it was seeing um, Pico sing it at No Fun shows mm. that I went, "Ah, oh, this is a great song." And I totally forgot where it came from. But um, I was thinking about hair because it had a lot of successful songs come out of that play. Mm-hmm. Like Frank Mills wasn't necessarily a, a hit song, but like Aquarius. Sure. Slash the flesh failures, which is such a weird name for a single, but for the fifth dimension single, is it called the flesh failures? Yes, yeah, it's, it's Aquarius slash the flesh failures is the uh, is the oh, song. That's a mistake. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, and then um, hair, of course, the Cowsills did hair, and then Oliver did um, that Starshine one. Yeah, Good Morning Starshine. Good Morning Starshine. And then I know Nina Simone did a did a like a medley of two songs from it, and then someone else famous covered it, like did a song, and like all of them were like like in the top forty. That's a lot of songs out of one musical. I thought, yeah, I thought the film didn't do well, but it did okay. Yeah, it grossed uh, thirty eight million dollars. So that's that's with, all right with Treat Williams. With Treat Williams, yeah. What I, what I thought was that uh, you know people weren't really into. You know, kind of looking back on mm, you know the, the hippie 60s, kind yeah. of situation, yeah. it was too soon, you know, to to have the nostalgia factor for it. And every, you know, that was when people were down with like, "Hey, fifties, hey, that's neat, we like that." But and coming so, home had come out, which that was a sixties kind of Vietnam right. film. And, yeah, yeah, but that was more. Uh, that's more of a serious. Yeah, yeah, that's not a musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah, hmm. interesting. No, it seemed to do okay. Well. Shows what I know. There you go. And with uh, with a cast, it isn't really too well known, I don't think, uh, besides Tree Williams. Yeah. Uh, John Savage. Uh, his name sounds very familiar. Yeah, uh, kind of a B-movie lead, I guess. Yeah, who's working to this day. Good for him. <laughs> Good for you, John Savage. Yeah. Anyway, that's a great song, everyone. Agreed. My favorite song of the bunch. <laughs> Why is my favorite song of the bunch always the fourth one? <laughs> Because by the time the fifth one's come, you're tired of songs. Maybe. Uh, so let's end up, let's finish up with Mandy Moore, not Mandy Moore. Right. This is Mandy Moore, who was so a you want more Mandy was a West End musical singer in England and uh, was given the opportunity in in 1971, I guess, but it came out in 1972 to make her own album, and so she wrote a lot of the songs on it and uh, sang it, and this is this is. 
Harvey Mistletoe from her album, which is called But That Is Me, uh, that came out in 1972. So let's give this a listen, everyone. I think this is a lot of fun. So here we go. shift in pace in it that was mm-hmm. my favorite yeah part of that uh, yeah. yeah i like that part of it i like uh, and i was thinking about name songs when i was l- listening to this song and i was thinking like there's kind of two ways to go with name songs one is you have a name song you know you have your um your richard cory name song where it's a tragedy okay. it's a sad song or the per- and then you have your harvey Mistletoe or your your so-and-so such and such where it's kind of like um 
I guess three maybe, because then you have your love songs to someone, you know, I loved so-and-so. And then, but then you have your make fun of them songs. And so this song feels like it's going into the make fun of them kind of ways. Okay. His name's Harvey Mistletoe, and people laugh at him behind his back and stuff like that. But he's not alone. You know, and the song makes this point of, you know, that that he's in a, a supportive world and is in, you know, it's sort of fun. This kind of like, it just says that over and over again. It maybe drove you crazy that it was repetitive, but <laughs> uh, in a way, it's just to really drive home that idea that, you know, yes, people will make fun of you, but other people who love you and remember that, you know, so it's a good little message cool. and a kind of fun, bouncy song. Good message. So, uh, so there you go. That was names. That was names. You were thinking it was changes. It's not changes. It's names. <laughs> All right. Cool, I'm, I'm, I'm shifting over to mailbag time again because Dave's got a heart out. Dave's got a heart out. Ha 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 ha. Look at Dave's heart out. Okay. <laughs> so uh, last week on the show, we asked a couple of questions like, have you ever kept a journal? And uh, what do you think should uh, have won for best picture? Because before then, um, I, I was happy with what won for best picture. How about yourself? You would have preferred something else? I, I, I was hoping for Tar to win, but I'm perfectly happy that everything, yeah. everywhere all at once won. All right. So let's see what you said. First of all, we've got a letter from our friend Louise. I keep a diary, uh, but I just jot down. Sorry, my throat is, uh, I got up early. So I've got this kind of puberty voice and I apologize. <laughs> no disrespect to Louise. I keep a, a diary, but I just jot down the facts, where I went, who I met, what I worked on. Uh, I once kept a more personal diary for a few weeks when I was a girl, but then one of my brothers read it, oh boy, and let me know he read it, oh boy, so I never wrote down any private thoughts again. But even just the dry details are nice to have. When you talk about a movie on the podcast, I can check to see uh, if I saw it and who I saw it with, and that brings back memories. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once was my pick for Best Picture uh, this year. So I don't have an alternative suggestion, but two movies that deserve some sort of lasting impact are Star Wars, which lost to Annie Hall, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which lost to Chariots of Fire. Hmm. There we go. And I think Louise wrote us an email as well, following up on that, yeah. but we will get to that uh, afterwards. Edward Jagansky writes back to Louise. Dear Louise, that's nice of him to, to address her by name. Uh, I've just finished posting below without first reading your response about Best Picture snubs. Believe me, when I say it's going to sound like an echo in here, but I'm glad you said it first, and I agree with you 100%. Nice. Not even 99%. No I, doubt at all. I, I can I can see that Star Wars had a lasting cultural impact, but I think Annie Hall is a better film. And also did have a, a lasting cultural impact because it kind of changed what the romantic comedy was. Yeah, You wouldn't have hit when Harry met Sally without, uh, without Annie Hall. Yeah, it is very strange thinking that you could... I mean, again... You know, it's just weird. Certain films competing with certain films. Annie Hall versus Star Wars, yeah, yeah. or Everything Everywhere All at Once versus All Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> you know, yeah, or even just going up against Tar. And it's just like such hmm. radically different. Yeah, but genres you're not, you're not judge, but you're just judging it by by what you think makes a film good, I guess, and what not good. Just they're so different stylistically mm-hmm. that it's very tough to like, you know. Hey, what what food is better, this uh, ice cream cake or this steak? And it's like, well, they're so yeah, radically I, different that cake. I don't know. It's obvious. Really? You don't like a steak? Right, this steak's fine, right. but I'd rather have an ice cream cake. All right. Edward Dugansky <laughs> writes, Hello, sneakers all around the world. Yeah. Uh, I did keep a journal and a damn fine one at that. 
I started in January of 1999 when we purchased our first computer and I wrote in it every night. I just uh, reread the introduction to the journal, which reminded me why I started it in the first place. It was to have something for, my fu for future generations to read about me. A legacy, perhaps. Something more definable than uh, pretty pictures I've drawn, my thoughts and stories that kind of define me. You know what? These letters that you write us as well. It could be. Feel free to collect them. Uh, this all sounds quasi-dramatic, but as soon as you start reading my first entry, one can see that I was having fun with everyday life by writing about myself. The first entry is uh, titled uh, January 9th, 1999. I know nothing about ordering Starbucks coffee. <laughs> so you can see I was writing about observations and uh, the day's news. Nothing earth-shattering. The journal does cover my son's birth in 2000. Very earth-shattering. So I have that chronicled. Also, the movies I saw and other events. By the end of 2005, the journal had become a chore, so I stopped writing one. I was dreading about uh, writing anything because uh, I felt I needed to. My first marriage was also about to end, and I wasn't very happy at all. Who wants to read about divorce anyway? Hey. Maybe someday I'll start one up again and not write it in every day, just when I have something to say. Then again, isn't that why I write you guys? Yep, there you go. Like I say, we got something here. I still can't believe Annie Hall beat out Star Wars for Best Picture in 78, but I wasn't really it's, bothered it's by it at the time. What's that? It's much funnier. Hmm. <laughs> I was 12. I was more infuriated by Raiders of the Lost Ark losing the Best Picture Oscar to Chariots of Fire in 1982. By then I was 16 and easily angered by far too many upsets. Another Best Picture upset was Saving Private Ryan losing to Shakespeare in Love. But at least Spielberg and Kaminsky, Kaminsky got the awards for directing and cinematography. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, there were a number of times when uh, uh, an Oscar I thought was more deserving lost out. How many times was Paul Newman beat out of an Oscar before his win for The Color of Money? Remember when Brad Pitt was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in 12 Monkeys? I thought he had that one for sure. Instead, Kevin Spacey won for The Usual Suspects which has shitty uh, hindsight written all over it. And Brad Pitt was in that one, too. How many films was Brad Pitt in that year? <laughs> Speaking of shitty hindsight, Mel Gibson also won big that year. Oh, rats. You guys were discussing rats and how to deal with them. <laughs> I've had them in my backyard off and on since last summer, which coincidentally is when my male cat, Mr. Jinx, passed. Sorry about Mr. Jinx. I've disposed of seven so far in one way or another, and there's a new one that showed up only three nights ago. They climb along the pergola over my patio, which has kind of a rough area along the top, which I try to keep cleaned out and sprayed to repel the rats. If that doesn't work, then I set a trap with peanut butter. Things went a bit off the rails last fall when I killed a dove who was poking around the trap. <laughs> I asked my exterminator uh, when all this started what I should do, so he placed a poison box outside the yard for rats. He explained that the rats go into the plastic bag thing, black plastic thing eat the poison which makes them really thirsty then they go away to seek water to drink that activates the poison and that kills them <laughs> most likely in a sewer or field my dog chewy is half maltese they were bred to hunt rats so he's a fucking mess when he sees one but he can't catch one like my cat could <laughs> one rat died from the poison and ended up in a planter where chewy could see him but not get to him he still looks at that planter for that damn rat. He's so pre pre preoccupied with them. <laughs> Maybe I just need to rent a really mean outside cat. 
Sounds like a setup for a Looney Tunes cartoon, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. Except they don't chase rats. They have to be like charming little mice uh, wearing diapers, ideally. That's more of an MGM <laughs> thing, though. Better run. Much to do this week, but never too busy to miss Sneaky Dragon. It's a weekend staple. Best of all uh, throughout the Sneaky Multiverse. <laughs> In some multiverses, we uh, this show reviews uh, Beatles albums. Yeah. Some, some of them we review Marx Brothers albums. Some of them we talk movies. Some of them, there's uh, horse mysteries. So many things. So many different. Well, you know why uh, Chariots of Fire won best best uh, picture that year? The theme. Yeah. That was that's the reason. That's all you can remember, right? That's all you can remember, and it was very memorable at the time. It was bum, 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 everyone everyone bum. loved that song, and this. When we're doing improv shows, that would be our slow motion theme. Mm-hmm. Just they would come on, and you just do everything in slow motion. <laughs> It was that, or if you want to do it in an exciting way, it would be the Raiders of the Lost Ark theme, yeah. incidentally. Uh, yeah, and then you have to just do something like, you know, pouring your uh, coffee, or making coffee, as you were saying, or tea, uh, you know, and then you play the Raiders of the Lost Ark theme over there and make it dramatically. <laughs> yeah. So that was our, uh, that was our web uh, responses. Do we have any email responses? I know we do, because we talked about it. <laughs> Don't try and lie to me. What? Did I Don't say keep anything? them to yourself. Don't hoard them. Take them home and just go, hey, Lisa, look, I didn't tell you in about these uh, emails. They're all for us. All for us. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Yeah. That's exactly what I, I did. I think you're Gollum-esque with uh, these things. Well, Louise did send, Louise did send a, a follow-up, but it's actually more of just a picture. Okay. A picture of a page of her journal. So oh. if people are interested, if they go to the website, they can see it there. It's okay. uh, it um, mentions one of the one of the uh, hosts of this show. I won't say who. I'd go there and find out, everyone. And nice, Laurel wrote. Laurel wrote with the subject stuff of the week. She says hello, David and Ian, and sneakers. First, I have to harken back to episode five hundred and eighty-six and mention a couple of real crack-up moments. I just came across some notes I wrote that I haven't commented on. When you, Ian, were asked were asking how much does a robot weigh? <laughs> 400 pounds, 500 pounds? That was just so funny. <laughs> also, Ian singing over and over, I've got a brand new pair of roller skates. I'm laughing even now remembering that very high-pitched voice. I've got a brand new pair of roller skates. Scaling, scaling down like a little waterfall. <laughs> I wrote these things down in, in a jiggly handwriting because I was laughing so hard. Aww. My point is to thank you two for the regular lightning of our hearts. Oh. You're welcome. Shouldn't put lightning in your hearts. That's bad for your Lightening heart. of our hearts. Oh, lightning. That's all right then. Question one. If asked... Sorry, you asked if we keep a journal. Yes, I sure do. In fact, I have a large Rubbermaid storage tub filled with many, many journals. Years and years of journals, probably dating back to the early 80s. I do not write in the journal every day necessarily. But most days, the thing is, I am not doing it for historical purposes. I have told my two kids that when I pass from the earth, they need not feel they are obligated to read through all mum stuff. Instead, I tell them, throw all on a bonfire and break out the weenies and marshmallows. I just have to write. That's all it is, to sort out thoughts and feelings and to be able to listen more clearly to the still small voice of God. Rarely do I look at the old writing, but the times I have pulled a random journal out, I am surprised by memories I had completely forgotten. I also wrote in journals for each of my kitty, each of my kiddos when they were still in utero. 
uteros. And I have a very full journal. I put, I said uteros, sorry. And I have a very full journal. I have kept for my 16 years. Man, I'm falling apart <laughs> at the end here, everyone. And I have a very full journal. I have kept for my 16-year-old grandson of funny things he said through the years and bits about our lovely times together. Oh, that's nice. Ticket stubs of all the movies he and I Aww. saw together, etc. When his sister was born, when he was 10, I started one for her. Since then, three more grands have been born. I do not know if they if I will be able to keep up with all of these people. David, I look forward to the music this week. Changes to That's all folks. For now, Laurel. The answer is no. The answer is no, Laurel. Sorry, I disappointed you. Not this week. I hope you enjoyed the name the names though, our top five names songs. It's the name game. If people did, there's more of those down the pipeline, I'm sure. There's many, many songs with names in them. When you're and saying, I like them very much. When you're saying lightening. Lightening. It made me think of something, which was, uh, and uh, maybe I'm just doing this for Edward. Hey, Dad, Edward, I'm doing. A, I'm going to talk about Legion of Superheroes for a second. <laughs> okay? All right, cool. Okay, you can, as long as you don't mention Lightning Lad. I, I have to. <laughs> so anyway, here's the thing. Uh, Lightning Lad uh, was a member of the Legion of Superheroes. He yep. was a founding member, along with Saturn Girl and Cosmic Boy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Lightning Lad makes sense. He's got lightning powers. Saturn Girl has telepathic powers. Eh, that doesn't really work with her name. Cosmic Boy has magnetic powers. No, bad name. Bad name. Nothing to do. Anyway, uh, but Lightning Lad uh, invited his sister, who was called Lightning Lass, to okay. join the group. I see. Okay. She also had lightning powers. Mm-hmm. Then something happened. There was an accident, I believe. Something. And her powers changed, and she could now make things uh, light. Now, she changed her name to Light Lass. But I am thinking she should have been Lightning Last. Lass. Instead of Lightning Lass, yeah. Lightning Lass. Because she would lighten things. That's a nicer name. It's, a, it's, a, it's not good for a comic. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I, Lightning I, is refers to to weight not yeah, to that's what her powers became. oh okay oh, she oh, would make things lighter oh, she would uh oh, yeah okay, there was i thought when you said lighter you meant she would make things the darkness would be lighter no and there would oh okay well this is where that, that gets confusing because <laughs> there is uh someone who makes things darker and that's shadow lass okay and there's someone who makes things heavier and that is star boy okay basically any power you can throw at a wall one of them's got uh, they so lightning lass and lightning lad when they were back both having lightning powers. Yeah. They also had an evil older brother. He was Lightning Lord. Okay. Wow. And that was the legion of uh, adult, uh, the evil legion of like adult okay. Okay. supervillains. Yeah. Sure, sure. Huh. Cool. But uh, yeah, that was light, light lass. <laughs> She'd make you way less. The end. That was her powers. <laughs> That's it. But I guess that would work if you could like, but if you could make things heavy too. No, no. She that was a separate the... guy. <laughs> that was Star Star uh, Boy. They didn't work in tandem. Who I believe once upon a time had the same powers as Superboy, which also was the same powers that Monel has, same powers as Superboy, except he's uh deathly allergic to lead. And also the same powers as Ultra Lad or Ultra Boy. Uh but Ultra Boy w- the gimmick I liked with him was yeah. he had to use the powers one at a time. Sure. So if he was going to use his heat vision, he wasn't uh, invulnerable yeah. anymore. And if he was going to use invulnerability, he couldn't fly. So you got to like pace it out. So figure it out. What do you want yeah. uh, going on here? So yeah, he would rotate his powers through. And also he got his powers because he was pooped out of a space whale, which was also good. And his name was Jonah. <laughs> you know why? 
because uh, Jim Shooter was writing um, these uh, comics, and he was a teenage boy. Okay. Yeah. Let me see when Jim Shooter started working on that. You check that out. Um, hey, everyone. We'll get around to the questions, but let me just tell you before we get to the questions what you can do to get in touch with us. It's pretty simple. We have a website. It's called Sneaky Dragon, sneakydragon.com. You can go there and uh, leave a comment, and we will read it out on the show. Well, Ian will read it out on the show. Hey, do you want my mellifluous tones reading your letter? You can email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That will bring you to our email. Uh, you mellifluous also... was the villain in Sleeping Beauty. Mellifluous? Yeah. The male, the male villain. He was okay. cut out. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Once again, a warning about hard outs. The, um, what are you looking at? Oh, I'm looking at the Jim Shooter thing. I was oh, okay. Oh, he's waiting. Yeah. Okay. We're on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon. We're on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon. And we are on Patreon at Sneaky Dragon. You can find us there. And Ian's going to now talk about Jim Shooter. At the age of 13, uh, mid-1965, Jim Shooter uh, wrote and drew stories featuring the Legion of Superheroes and sent them to DC Comics uh, on February... Uh, 10th of 1966, he received a phone call from Mort Weisinger, who was the you know, head of DC Comics, yeah. wanted to purchase the stories Shooter had sent and commissioned Shooter to write Supergirl and Superman stories. He eventually offered Shooter a regular position on Legion of Superheroes and wanted Shooter to come to New York to spend a couple of days in the office. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so Shooter started working on Legion of Superheroes at the age of 14. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty young. It is pretty young. That's when I started writing sketch stuff for um, CBC. Hmm. But uh, yeah, he said uh, at the time, like his uh, his father earned very little as a steel worker, and Shooter saw comic book writing as a means of helping economically. Yeah, yeah that's a good story. It's it's weird that he became like the kind of big, the enemy of everyone in the eighties, Jim Shooter. A little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, especially like, like a corporate... John Byrne, who was not you know known as the nicest. You know, fish in the tank mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, and yeah, he created a whole bunch of Legion of Superheroes characters, including Karate Kid, who predated the martial arts fads of the 1970s. Huh. Yeah. Legion of Superheroes was a, a weird but interesting comic where they would actually uh, maim and kill their characters. You would not have that happen in uh, Defenders or anything else yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, hey, Lightning Lad, what happened? Oh, they tore his arm off. Tore his arm off? <laughs> oh, my God. Lightning what? Lad had his arm torn off? Yeah, and he had a mechanical oh. arm put on. Jeez. And then uh, he was uh, killed at one point, and he got uh, brought back to life. What happened was uh, he could get brought back to life, but one of the Legion would have to die. And so they all like stood around his corpse uh, holding up lightning rods, and uh, one of them got uh, hit by lightning and died, and Lightning Lad came to life again. Wow. But it turned out it was a shape-shifting character named Prody who uh, was disguising himself as another Legion character. So Prody sacrificed his life for the Legion, for uh, Lightning Lad. Unwittingly sacrificed No, he did. Life. Oh, he, yeah, he knew yeah. he was saying, oh, He knew okay. what was going on. He, he knew the risk. Oh, okay. Yeah, good for well, Prody. And then there's Prody 2 later on. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, there was... Uh, Pharaoh Lad, who was a, a, a kid who could turn to iron. And yeah, I think he was one of the first to die. Went and sacrificed Did they himself. have like a big celebration for, for Prodi, the Prodi Day? I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure how they celebrate Prodi, but he was. <laughs> he is in the Hall of Legion uh, Dead, which was a pretty big freaking hall. 
you know it was a, it was a lot like the uh, x-men graveyard uh, outside of the school which must be a bit of a bummer to the students seeing all those dead maybe this isn't the best school maybe this is not the first thing on the tour you take the parents at when you're showing like yeah we got a great system here <laughs> sure all right yeah. questions Questions. questions. Oh, the questions, Dave. The questions. Oh, the questions you will go. The questions, the questions, the questions. Um, I'm going to ask this. Because uh, I know like some of our listeners are still not going to the movies. Are you going back to the movies yet? And do you feel comfortable in like a crowded movie theater yet? Or are you watching like uh, a lot of stuff at, at home now instead or just waiting it out? It also could be for expense purposes. So are you are you going to the movies, you know, or are you watching most of your uh, stuff at home? That's my question. Okay. My question is, I don't have a question. Uh, my question is... Here's the thing. I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, you, you were talking about your story about like being under anesthetic and some stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you be- ever been under anesthetic? And was there anything that happened while you were under anesthetic? Like, that sounds like a dark uh, uh, topic for that. But like, what did you dream stuff? Was it what was it like? I had a friend who was in a coma for uh, uh, quite a quite a long time, and uh, she said that uh, she basically heard everything that was uh, going on or whatever. So, have you ever been unconscious? And did you did uh, did you have any experience with that where you were dreaming something that then was parallel to something that was happening or whatnot? See if Dave can put this in one question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anything happen uh, interesting while you're unconscious? Yes. Have you ever been in a fun hypnagogic state? Mm-hmm. There's a the question. There's the question, everyone. The question that's on everyone's mind. Um. Yeah. I guess I can. Did I? Did I, did I, I did the show, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, you did a whole show, Dave. I did a whole show together. Well, that's what you did. You did a good job too. Good for thank, you. Thank you. I appreciate it. But l- listen. Yeah. Dave's got a hard out. <laughs> And on his sleeve. Let's make that clear. Make that very clear. Everyone, thank you for listening to the show this week. We appreciate it. We're glad to uh, accompany you on your walks, doing your chores, laying in bed, driving your car, whatever you do. Hanging out on the roof. Hanging out on the roof. And goodbye. (laughs) 